1: I'm my freaking self, I'm here. No Jerry, no Freeland, just fucking me. Hanging out with my uh, my buddy, Papa Amoritis, band Coast. So this is fucking lovely now. Here I am all by myself, nowhere to go. Let me call people and see where the f- I know Jerry um, is in a meeting right now down in Jacksonville. But I have no idea where the fuck Freeland is. Taking a sweet-ass fucking time. We have a guest. There's no free one. Here it is, just me.
2: Oh! Superstar! What's the problem? Nice of you to fucking join us. Yeah, I was just getting my coffee.
1: Your video is... shitty. My video's
2: shitty? What are you talking about? You're like, uh... fuzzy. I'm fuzzy? You're fuzzy. Indeed, what's, what's, what's making my video fuzzy? I don't understand. I, I I don't know what's making your video fuzzy. Maybe
1: it's me. My hair looking okay? Right? No. Oh, well, you look okay in the little picture at the bottom, but on the on the screen you look shitty. Well,
2: thank you. I you know what I can always rely on you to, to make me feel good about myself. You know what I mean? Well, that's correct. But well I'm let, let, let let's let's kind of move on from this here. So how are you, Mr. Wolfgang? How are you, buddy? I am uh I'm
1: uh I'm alright. I'm alright. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you didn't sell that very well. I don't know I didn't not, did I. I'm not believing you. No, no, not at all.
1: Well let me fucking tell you. See, Angel Volker says it's fuzzy too. Why am I fuzzy? What the hell is going on here? Oh you know. I believe we get something with this. <laughs> Shit. But anyway here's the thing. So it fucking snowed up here.
2: I heard. Did you get snow? We got a little bit. We got a little bit, not a whole lot. Got a couple inches. Called school off. A what? We called school off for a couple inches. Yeah. I mean, a hey, couple uh, inches can do a lot of damage.
1: Anyway, um, you um, you don't understand. We, we got like. What the fuck is that? French dressing? Ranch
2: dressing? No, it wasn't. It's not. But since you asked, I must share with you this hazelnut lotion. stuff. This, this. Ha- <laughs> That's after the show. Uh, <laughs> don't give everything away. Hazelnut. Anyway, please continue. Yeah, I don't the, mean the, to. The people in the room are saying your your video is fuzzy. Um, should I leave and then try to come back? No, no, no. Because if you're gonna leave, just leave. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Nothing. You mean anyway? I, if, um, please continue. The snow.
1: Jay who just raided us. He's uh, sending a bunch of people our way. Welcome to Front Row Material. Um, Jerry Lynn is our other uh, comrade um, who is in a meeting for AEW right now, then in Jacksonville, so he'll be joining us a little bit late. Um, so it's just Mikey and Freeland. Yes. Two curtain jerkers. Uh, yeah, so about this fucking snow we had.
2: So we yeah, got tell like, me about the snow.
1: We got like 30 inches of snow. 30 inches? Yeah. And see, with the working from home thing, no problem. Uh, school went virtual. Um, so, you know, they were doing schoolwork with the kids home, trying to work. And a park of right. the four-year-old, not good. Um, but the, the guy came and plowed. Okay. Right. So the way the drive works, you come up to one side and you go up the top. There's like a big top level. And then you come around and then there's the bottom level. Okay. And I park in the bottom level in in front of my door. Right. Well, the motherfucking guy that plowed. Jeez. Plowed all the snow right in front of my door. (laughs) There's like seven. You walk at my front door. You got about four feet. And then you got about a seven foot high
2: mountain. Wow. Wow. I feel like I'm living in a fucking igloo. I feel like he knows you. I feel yeah, he he must know me. <laughs> so is it done? Is it officially done now? Has it stopped? It's still snowing a little bit. Okay. Nothing, I don't think it's really accumulating anything anymore, but it's still coming down. So so was this a nor'easter? Is this what they were calling a nor'easter or not? Which which, which I don't understand this nor'easter thing. Yeah.
1: Because what one, what the fuck does nor mean? And it ain't nowhere right. fucking near Easter. So I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they fucking named it,
0: uh,
1: orlena Orlando, or whatever the fuck it is. I no, stop were... it! St- they,
2: they named tropical storms and hurricanes. They don't no, name they this winter thing, storms.
1: Too. What? I'm telling you, somebody in the room, tell me what was this fucking storm's name?
2: I'd like to Orida, know. Rita,
1: the French fry? I don't. I don't fucking know. It was some, some shit. Started with an O. Ophelia.
2: Ophelia. Yeah. Of know. all the O names, you go to Ophelia. Or a French fry. Why not?
1: Well, Liam Savage says you're rocking the 240p resolution.
2: That's Listen, what they folks. had
1: in the 1950s while watching the Honeymooners.
2: L- L- Listen, here. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to cut my hair. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, oh, All, All right, right let's Rich the says they named it Orlinda.
2: Orlinda.
1: Or, or Frank. Or <laughs> Frank.
2: Very nice. Oh, Very to nice.
1: I have to change my name.
2: You're terrible. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Moving
1: on. I'm yeah, still fuzzy. Fucking, no sorry. Let me tell you about my fucking dog, this fucking non-ball liquor. This okay. fucking guy, <laughs> Stitch. He goes outside, right? And when he does okay. his business, he comes in, he gets a treat. If he takes a leak, he gets one treat. If he drops a deuce. He gets two treats. Okay? So this fucking prick now, he makes you take him out twice. He'll go out and pee, and you'll stand out there for 20 fucking minutes, and he won't do anything. You come inside. You give him his cookie. Within 30 seconds, he's barking up my ass to take him out again. As soon as you take him out, he poops again, comes in, gets you two treats. He's a businessman. He fucking knows.
2: He's a he fucking knows. Worker. He's smart. That's yep. right. Indeed. Poop me, pay me. <laughs> Fucked up, but that's how it goes. It is. You are right. You are one hundred percent right. And wow. Parker wants to go outside, and he's outside for
1: about three minutes, and he wants to come in because it's cold. Right. And just you know when the snow gets between your glove.
2: Oh, that's so, crappy. That's bad. Not good. Not good.
1: And oh. we can't find gloves small enough for him. Right. So all, all the gloves are like, having like an extra inch or so at the end.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the deal. I get I get, uh, I get, get very chilly when I'm outside as well. Does the cold bother you? Do you really? get like... You're heavy, so I was surprised that...
1: No, that's true because...
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. Listen, no, no, no. no We're not no, going to glaze over this. Okay, hold on a second. Why does it got to you... be glazed? Interesting. I, I said, oh, I, get a, so I get a little cold, and you said,
1: well, well you're heavy. Well, because when I was heavier, 55 pounds heavier... Mm-hmm. I was always hot. I would sweat on relatively cool days. Right. Always fucking hot. Like, always like. But since I've lost weight now, I feel myself getting cold.
2: You don't think it's just your old age? No. No. I see. So you're saying that I'm feeling this way because I have extra insulation is what you're saying.
1: Yes. Which, which I, if I was you, when the world goes to shit and the food supply is scarce and everything else, you can outlive all of us.
2: Wow, you know what, with that it's being be said Mike Freeland, Ozzy Osbourne and Keith Richards So you'll be a <laughs> <in> good company <laughs> Oh my god I'm in a great company right there, aren't I? Yes I'm in a great group oh, of company A7X Gave um, a gift sub Ooh, very nice If you're
1: here visiting our channel, please uh, We would appreciate subscriptions um, Bits, bytes,
2: gift subs um, we would appreciate it or at least just we'll take that too. Absolutely. Whatever you can do, we would appreciate supporting our channel. Those of you that are new, I'm not kidding. Freeland will take anything he can get. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. Deep pockets. (laughs) (laughs) I'm that relative. I'm that guy. But, um, well, you look really good. What, I, I was going to ask you the other day, and I didn't get a chance when we, were, uh, when we were talking. What is the name of that Ozzy song that you played for me? And you showed me the music video. And it's where he's sitting in his home theater, and he's watching it on the big screen. I'm trying to remember the name oh, of that. Ordinary Man. That's getting a lot of radio play here. A lot of radio play. It's a good song. It's a very good song. Very deep, very heavy. I'm trying to get my wife to listen to it, and uh, she's like, "I didn't know you were into Ozzy." I said, "I'm not an Ozzy fan, you but I can, I can appreciate his talent." So, indeed, very talented man. Yes, he is. Uh, any chance, any chance you will see him again once uh, the world goes back, or if he's torn you...
1: again? He said he's going to try. I know he's pretty fucking banged up, right? Walking with a cane, and everything else, because he's a you know he broke his neck and his back again. Uh,
2: last year, so we'll we'll
1: see what happens.
2: Yeah. But, yeah, it a, a that's fucking a shit deal. show. But, it, hey, he hasn't got the COVID, though. That hasn't happened. He doesn't have the COVID. For him, That well, he'd probably be immune. <laughs> he and Keith Richards are, are pickled at this point, right? That's right. And Mike Freeland.
1: Wow. Keyword, pickles.
2: I like pickles.
1: Pickles are good. Seems pickles good 100. 100.
2: Good. What the fuck does that mean? Erk jerk. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't say his name for the longest time. Um, it's Urca jerk I, That's how I read Urkajerk. Uh, so no word on Jerry. No word on Jerry. When he's going to eventually show up? He'll he's just, just, just pop uh, up. He'll just he'll just randomly, you know, um, you know, do his thing, right?
1: And <laughs> hop on in. You know how Jerry is. He'll have that. He'll you'll see the big microphone in front of his face because he doesn't have to yep. stand for it. So
2: he has nowhere to put it. Where do we think he is right now? Because he's not. Is is he traveling? Is he down in uh, in Florida, or is he? Uh, yes. Yeah, he's on the road this week. On the road this week. Got he's, it. He's uh, he's in meetings right now
1: for AEW, and he nice. will. Uh, he'll be joining us when he's done. Well, it's well, just kind of well. Fucked up. He's Tony Con- Tony it's fucked up. He's blowing me off for Tony Tony Khan. It's pretty fucked up.
2: He's blowing you off for Tony Khan.
1: Yeah, Cody.
2: He's blowing care. off one of his good friends for a billionaire who hires him for a job. That's right. I don't really understand that. I'm kind of, I'm kind of flowing with that. Speaking of Florida, Florida be a nice place to be right now. I tell you what, with all your snow and all the cold weather, Florida would be a hell of a nice place to hang out. See,
1: Florida's nice in like January, February, December, it January, very February, nice. March. But then that fucking bullshit heat comes in. And the fucking humidity. Yeah. So do you? That, that, uh, not good.
2: That's. No. Do you typically. Uh, go, I mean, I know, obviously, because of the pandemic and everything. But are you planning on going on a summer vacation? You and the family? Are you planning on this summer being OK enough? Or are Who you knows, just kind of waiting?
1: Uh, we're kind of waiting because we're trying to get out to California. Nice. Um, but, you know, that goes. Uh, you know, we we went camping a couple times last year,
2: and that's the we, funny thing. I I don't see you as a camper. Well, I here's the fucking thing. As...
1: It wasn't really camping. It was one of those uh, <laughs> Jellystone <laughs> parks you rent a cabin, right? Uh, so not really camping,
2: right? So yeah. you're mainly in a what, like an RV or a, or a, or a large cabin and
1: large cabin. They have the RV lots too, where you can you get an RV, nice.
2: um, which can I pitch a
1: tent? Let me fucking tell you something there, Liam Savage. <laughs> I can have a pants, a pants tent anytime I want. Wait a minute. Hol- well, not now looking at you. That would be creepy. <laughs> it would be a little creepy. In anyways. Indeed. But yeah, no problem. Like that.
2: So do you have like cable or satellite TV that you require? What is the Mikey Whipper requirement to get you into a cabin out of the comforts of your home? Is it does it have to have like tons of TV channels? Does it have to have well um, a nice comfy no, bed?
1: No, well, no, it has to have air conditioning.
2: That's a given. I would respect uh, that. Running water. Um, again, kind of a necessity. I'll go along private with that. bedroom. You don't do group sleep? No,
1: no, no, absolutely not. Wow. And yeah, and of course they have to have a fire pit, barbecue grill. Ooh,
2: barbecue grill. That's fucking you, tremendous. Oh, it is. You know what? Grilling season. I, I can't I wait. I find Hulk Hogan
1: behind you very distracting. I feel like he's looking at me angrily.
2: This one? Yeah. Is this is this slanted? No, I, I, I see slanted. that fucking uh, outlet there, pretty high up, kind of weird. You know what? what why, why do you got a problem with the outlet? I didn't build the damn house. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a little world. high. It is a little high. It's a little high. It's uh, it's right there, right next to fucking up. dumb. Ho- Hogan's unit. Oh, what do you mean it's dumb? How is it dumb? It's a wall outlet. But look how high it is. No I got what? no, I got no retort to this because it's half an off the ground. I mean, it's nice. You don't have to bend over. You don't
1: believe that right there.
2: It's kind of comfortable. It's kind of nice. It's kind of, kind of, kind of convenient. You know what I mean? It's very convenient. You mean, I, I crazy, see that you're, uh, you're, what'd you say? My, uh, my earpiece cut out. What? Uh-huh. So I thought. Mm-hmm. your you, your setup looks a little different this week, man. You got the you got the screens oh, cool. going and it, it depends what I feel like doing. Right. No Valero, huh? No, not this week. They're all out. No, I didn't think so. All out. Very nice. All we had was beautiful. Um <laughs> I gotta take my I, drugs. Yeah, please, by all means, grandpa, take your pills. Mm-hmm. That's my Cusertin. This is my saying. <laughs> you're gonna tell us all of them again. Well, that's oh, it. Shit. Why
1: well, do not want them to think I'm doing something? You know, just my like they're going out of style,
2: right? Get the fucking just pop them somas. <laughs> I was gonna mention something to you. I know Jerry and I are big coffee aficionados, Mikey. I know you are not as much of an, an aficionado for coffee, correct? You will, you will have some, but you're not like all in on coffee, right? Say that again. Sorry, I was distracted. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. So you're not all into coffee the way Jerry and I are into coffee, right? No. No. So you just like to have a little coffee? A little coffee, yeah. Okay. Well, I tell you what. Right. Listen to this, man. This is fantastic. I have been taking some of this stuff called Death Wish Coffee. Oh, oh, Death well, if Wish you, Coffee. You're being overweight like that. Wait! You wait be, you shouldn't be drinking like that. that's a little why do you gotta go to my heart. weight? Why do you gotta go to my weight? Is that necessary?
1: I'm just telling you, but you know with you know you you sweat easy and yeah, you so much coffee like that, that, that I get the tea
2: sweat, yeah, but no, the coffee's supposed to be a hunger suppressant. You should be supporting me. yeah, but this. all the caffeine, put the extra pressure on your heart. You should get a watch, an
1: Apple watch. You, you can check for atrial fucking fibrillation mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck they call it.
2: You're just hoping I get the diabetes, don't you? You're hoping I get the Brimflee. don't what you? What does having a heart attack have to do with diabetes? Oh, my God, a heart attack? Well, this I did see your heart. I didn't say That's enough. You know, We're done. We're done. This conversation's swelling. over. You are no longer my POA. We're done with this, all right? All okay. right, guys, we got a big show for I've you tonight. i are to say that. Go ahead. I don't get paid. Carry on. We got a big show for tonight. It is going to be Jay Lethal is going to be joining us after we take a look at this. We'll be right back with Jay Lethal. (laughs) That was tremendous. Guys, welcome in Jay
3: Lethal. Jay, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. And before I came on, I googled uh, standard height for those wall outlets, 12 inches, 12 inches from the floor to the bottom of the receptacle. Thank you. I can't believe that thing is so high up there. Yeah, I know. who, Who would have thought of such a thing? You know, I don't know, but I'm going to thank them
2: right now because that's why I wear slip-on and Velcro shoes. You know, guys, bending over and tying shoes is way overrated, but especially when my, you know, my boobs hit my knees. But anyway, that's, that's nor here nor there. Holy look, at God. look at that thing. It is pretty high. Yeah. I should give you a tour of the rest of the house. It's pretty interesting. I'm afraid what we'd find
3: out, what we'd <laughs> see with outlets that high. I don't want, I want no parts of that house. Yeah, it's well, a little. It really
1: shows you the dead end chair.
2: <laughs> Why? It's Why? Quiet. We've what? just started, man. We've just started. <laughs> this is hey, hey. Let me tell you something, shipwreck. This is a moment for me, okay, buddy.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Jay has never watched this show, before. <laughs> and he probably won't after
2: this. He's on the show six seconds,
1: and he's already busting your balls about your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's rude. And Jay is one of the nicest guys in the world. So this is proof. You've made Jerry Lynn a heel, and now Jay Lee the heel.
3: I tell you what. The, the I, funny thing is, I didn't even see it until Mikey pointed out because we can't see it because you're you're actually blocking. It. I don't know how Mikey. do Jay. don't say, Jay, Jay, he's, don't he's say blocking I'm
2: blocking him. it. <laughs> oh, for the love of God, aren't we serious? Oh, jeez. And this shirt, this shirt wasn't pre-strung, so don't give me any shit, Mikey. Okay. I've been,
3: I've been hanging and banging in the gym. It is a sweet shirt. I love Hulkamania. You've you've been Thank hanging. Thank you. <laughs> mikey you got a store too mikey's got his own line of shirts i saw today uh you got your own store up mikey i do an etsy store it's nice yeah
1: nice uh, we saw all kinds of shit masks
3: <laughs> t-shirts all kinds of shit
1: all kinds of shit
3: this <laughs> <laughs> is ridiculous he told yeah, me I last have, week Jamie.
1: I'm the worst at pu- pu- pushing my shit because I'm like, yeah, it's fucking.
2: idol.
3: Yeah, we got shirts. Uh, all right, all right.
1: Action figures. If I ever get them, they've been sitting at distribution center for fucking a month and a half.
2: <laughs> oh, nope, still haven't moved. Oh no. <laughs> I I plug your stuff on pro wrestling tees all the time, Mikey, and I get an eye roll at the end of every show. Oh, who fucking cares? I fucking. I'm trying to make you money, you man. Get Seven dollars I got to shirt. I get a split it
1: fucking four ways. That's like yes.
4: <laughs> five. It's a dollar a
1: dollar. Then when they have a fucking coupon, we get $4 a shirt. That gives me a dollar yes. a shirt. I have to um, Please. We get, we we get a net hard. of 89
2: cents a shirt when there is a 20% off sale on pro wrestling tees. But you know the what? Only, hey.
1: The only good thing about that is we don't make enough money for the IRS to
0: give a fuck. In fact, they pay that, us that, because, they,
1: because they feel bad.
0: They pay you.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here you schmo. Here's some money.
3: It's bad when you get wow. audited, they go, sir. I'll, I'll buy a shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my goodness!
2: Oh wow! You know, you know, they give children in poor countries the the loser of the Super Bowl the shirts because they print up from both sides. There's a bunch of whipwreck shirts running around somewhere, like in Ethiopia or somewhere like that, <laughs> giving each other the whippersnapper with their distended belly. Yeah.
3: hmm So Jerry Lynn's gimmick is he's always late. I heard.
1: Well, he is. Yes. always Yes, even is, when he's home okay. doing nothing, he's late. But
0: he okay, is, all right.
1: Uh, he's in a production meeting now for tomorrow night.
0: Ah, Jackson,
2: so. got it.
1: He'll be on later. Knowing Jerry, he would say goodbye and he'll go on. Oh, where's everybody?
2: <laughs> yeah, he he came on last week, and Mikey and I weren't on already. So
3: when he that's because does he uh, does he come on a lot from there? Because I would imagine the hotel Wi-Fi is not the greatest.
1: No, usually he uses just the mobile signal on his phone.
3: Ah, okay.
1: Uh, but he he's done they tape two weeks in a row. They tape but uh, tape live on Wednesday and they tape Thursday night for the following week. So every other week he's down there.
3: Got it. All right. That's today is uh yeah, today's Tuesday, right?
1: Why, yes it is.
3: Indeed. My mom it's would say all day. All day, right? That's right. All day.
1: Oh, I hate it when my grandmother would say that. <laughs> Like,
4: no shit.
3: Right. <laughs> Just half the day. Just half the day. It's going to turn away and say Lunchtime.
2: I was, I was doing some some research here uh, before we obviously got a chance to talk to you. And a lot of the stuff I knew, and I felt pretty good about that already. But, Jay, I want to get into some stuff that some people may or may not know. And <laughs> if you've already mentioned this before in some <laughs> interviews, that's fine. Look at this, Mikey! You've already set me up, (laughs) Slicky. You screwed me with the wall outlet. You screwed me with the boob thing. Now, jeez! All right. So here's what we're gonna do. Here's the first. Jay will tell you. I have always been like this.
3: Yes, yes, always.
2: Jay, have you ever shared a room with him? A hotel room?
3: Never. No. No. We shared uh, a garage where the school was at. In that little okay. garage thing. And I think we were in a car together one time. yes.
1: Uh, that's when you told me the gimmick about blowing on the st- the street sign. <laughs> uh, the, traffic light.
3: the traffic light, yes, yes.
1: I do not on my kids all the time. You sit the red light and you know when the yellow turns yellow. And you go. Yes. I go oh, watch true. this. And if thing turns green, my kids are amazed every time.
3: Yes, me. yes. I saw that from a movie. I can't remember what movie I saw that from. So I read something here, Jay, and it
2: said Uh-oh. that uh, way back when you won a contest for some wrestling training. Yes. I, uh,
3: and it's part of why I describe my whole wrestling career, like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I'm Charlie, and I won the golden ticket. Uh, I won a contest to be trained for free. Um, wow. By, by a company called Jersey All Pro Wrestling. And then six months later, their school closed down. And two friends of mine were going to join that school with me, but they didn't like it too much. And they found Mikey Whipraig's school in Long Island. So after my school closed down, they said, hey, why don't you just come with us to Mikey's? So I said, uh, I had this place for free because I don't have any money. <laughs> uh, so they were like, oh, maybe Mikey will work something out with you. And uh, I They asked. He said, sure. So I took the train with him. Now, the only way to get to Mikey's was uh, as soon as that eighth period bell rang, we had to run and take the train into New York Penn Station and then take the Long Island uh, train all the way to the last stop, Ronkonkoma. And, uh, yeah, Mikey worked out a deal with me. And I bet he doesn't remember this. And Part of me is afraid to mention it because he might start coughing. um, I
1: mean, you owe me money?
3: I do. (laughs) (laughs) mikey worked out this payment arrangement with me that uh it only benefited me didn't benefit him at all uh in the slightest but he knew that i didn't have much money and he said well i i don't know where you are in training i don't know what they showed you so you have to start over i go okay that's fine he'd be like okay to be this a month and i'm thinking oh my god all right and then one day i had the payment and i try to give it to him he goes "Ah, keep it for next time and i go oh you don't have to tell me that more than once. And then uh, <laughs> next, next time never came. And just class after class, he just never asked for it. And to this day, I'm thinking, you know, I still technically, I still owe him money. But he never accepted it after that. It was wild. Well, you're a star now. I'll be more than happy to take. <laughs> it. <laughs> There's interest well, on that I, now. I was going to say, I think uh, interest has been accrued, occurred whatever I, the word is, accrued.
1: I was a horrible businessman, apparently.
3: For yourself, yes.
1: But, you know, when when it... Like, I did the same thing for the most part for the SATs and Red and Questorm and then my, I, I, you know, here and there a little bit, you know, wet, wet my beak a little. <laughs> uh, you know, beak
3: wedding. The beak wedding, yes. Yeah. Which was a... Uh, I remember, uh, we're like, oh, after training, or oh, Mikey's having a show, and he's going to have some of the students in this battle royal. And it's like, oh man, we're all going to get a chance to wrestle. And Mikey's, oh, you're not going to get a chance to wrestle. You're just, you'll just get a chance to wet your beak, get your beak wet. <laughs> but then, for some reason, we thought it was funny, and we called it the beak wetting battle royal. That's right. Wow. Because <laughs> it wasn't, Mikey is it amazing. wasn't. You weren't getting in there. It wasn't like having a match. It was just enough to get your beak wet.
2: Very nice. Yep. He doesn't want you uh, to get too much, of big of a head so far. I right. want you just, uh, just right. to just get a little bit of taste of it.
3: Right. I have,
1: I have always given zero bucks.
3: <laughs> oh, this is true. But yeah, um, he really is the, the worst businessman when it comes to uh, you know getting money from people for himself. Just like with this, it's still going on now. He has a store. I've never heard him mention it. I've mentioned it. I've heard you mention it. He's never mentioned it. Oh, yeah, I got this. Uh, yeah, those shirts there, whatever.
2: By the time the show's almost over, he wants to be so done with it, and he'll tell <laughs> us, Are we done with this shit? All right, is this over with yet? And I'll say, Mikey, we gotta plug, we gotta plug the store. <laughs> ha! The rest of figures, son of a I am contractually <laughs> so- obligated to one hour a week. When these things go over, I'm like, I got things to do. <laughs> he- my, I thought he was. I thought it was just BSing me one time, Jay. He cut the feed. It was oh, like no, literally, no, was no. Like, done. Cut the feed. We were all he's got, off.
3: He's got the power to click the button to shut us off.
2: He does. That is a little terrifying. <laughs> well, when we talk about training, Jay, let me ask you this in all seriousness: Do you feel like today, uh, the students coming up are? Who cares about today? Let's 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 talk about me. <laughs> get to his kids
1: later let's talk about
2: (laughs) i'll grease grease your
3: beak in a little bit all right whatever that is
2: yeah
3: what that beak 15 20 years here when he has the button because the other day uh mikey when you were streaming your voice chat your your microphone wasn't working and like after like only three minutes of trying you were like okay i think i'm done i'm just gonna shut this off and i'm typing in the room no don't shut it off just we can figure this out (laughs) I, I was, I I was like, because
1: Lucha <laughs> Freddy helps me, right? So, I got everything set. You know, I have, uh, you know, eight thirty. Everything's working. I'm doing my test. You know, I don't start. Rec- I don't start live stream. I do start recording. So I'm testing it. I'm talking. To- I'm connected to my phone with Discord. So, and I'm talking to it on my computer under my wife's thing, and I'm talking back and forth. Everything's good. I played back the recording. It hears the audio from the videos from the PlayStation. It hears the, the audio from the video I play in the beginning. It had me, it had the, the phone. Everything's working perfectly fine. I go live and <laughs> straight to shit. I'm like, fuck it, that's it. Go follow Lucha Freddie. That's it. I'm out of here.
3: I loved, only, there is, he only gave it like three minutes before he was done. He did. He didn't even give it like a real try. Oh, try phone conversations. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. He yeah, doesn't even out, let
1: outward, outwardly. I gave it three minutes. In my head, about ten seconds. <laughs> like, I'm too fucking old for this shit. I don't. Got, I don't got time for this.
2: Folks, if you don't know this, this show is brought to you by ADD. So, <laughs> Freeland, yeah. you were saying what about the phone? And what about the phone conversation? Normally, it'll be something like I'll call him up, and normally the phone will ring multiple times. I know what I'm getting sent. We all know when we're getting sent to, to voicemail, right? Of course. We know, of we're getting course. The, we know when we're getting the side click button, right? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Every time I call this guy, one ring, boom, side button. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You, you know what's awesome now? I got Please. the Apple Watch.
1: I just got to go like this. I don't have to look at my phone. Uh, nope, nothing. I just yeah. go. Yep. Mikey did you did you know that shit. you don't even
3: have to hit the button with the Apple Watch if someone calls you you don't even have to end the call you just put your hand cover the for a second and it stops it from ringing but it doesn't it doesn't let them know that you ended the call so you just oh. as soon as you're getting so, a call you put your whole hand over it like that just for a second and it stops it that way he won't he won't he won't know if you sent them the voicemail
1: that's going to be my
3: new thing. Right, it's yeah. gonna, just...
1: going like to <laughs> go like this. and
3: That's it. And then you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I'll so be thinking, means, oh, man. Means... There it is right there. Boom. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Hi, my dick. Life
2: hack. I, I'm, I'm just going to go into the bathroom stall right now. I oh, mean, I there's... The there's... <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, wildly enough, I've never talked to my... Mikey on the telephone before. Nope, I'm not giving you my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> he hates me. At least, <laughs> you my, at least you
1: my PayPal address or my address. <laughs> we,
3: we've, we've never had a phone call conversation. Oddly Ever. enough, Jay, neither have we. Because <laughs> <laughs> he keeps sending the call, that's why.
2: Yeah.
1: I'd pick up for you, Jay. I'd be like, oh, Slicky. Slicky.
3: That was, yeah, that, how, was my, uh,
1: that was funny. That was funny. You're going to go, that can't be Mikey. That, no, that's
3: I, way that's Mikey. I really didn't believe that was you randomly popped up in my chat in the, when I was streaming the other day and I was like, wait, no way. Mikey's here. Wait, that's not, that's not, there's no way Mikey is like computer literate. Like Mikey doesn't, he wouldn't be bothered with learning how to work a computer. And then <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I think that is him. I go, well, what is my nickname? And he, Slicky is what Mikey's always called me and as soon as he right. said Slicky my brain was like oh my god what no way Mikey's in the room that's crazy yeah Mikey Mikey's very
2: interesting when, go, oh, when it comes to
1: patients oh, because you like I, I follow people and I don't know why I follow people because half of them I don't even fucking know them I
2: really don't give a fuck
1: I'm you like, don't have to
2: say <laughs> that on the air though you can say <laughs> that privately why? Why? <laughs> you might follow them I don't even know why Book him. Okay, please
3: continue. Oh,
1: well, no. And I saw Slicky, and I go, Oh, I'll check him out. And he was having a little chat. He was yeah. wrapping it up as I uh, hopped on.
3: I was. I was. And then we raided you the other day.
1: You did, holy shit. I was, I was sitting there playing. The, I'm, I'm playing. We're just about to wrap up for the night. And all of a sudden, raided by the Lethal J. And I go, oh, that's cool. And then literally, you guys couldn't hear it because the sound was fucked up. But every time someone follows me, it pops up in a thing. And it, my, lo- my logo comes up in the corner and shakes. And you hear the devil laughing. The Jim Mitchell laughing in the background. Yeah. Well, it was like two minutes straight of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was crazy.
3: Yeah. It was awesome.
1: It was... Oh, this is great.
3: But I, Mike, I, I, didn't, wow. I didn't know you played video games.
1: You know, I really have it. See, I see. I have a, I have a PS4. Okay. And I got it when it first came out. And I, I played a little bit, you know, you know, here and there. And then I just stopped. And then my kids are at the age where they want to play video games. Okay. I go, well, yeah, there it is. Have it there out. it is. There it is. <laughs> and they, they came, about, can I buy this game? Can I buy that game? Can I buy this game? I said, Jesus Christ, I, I spent hundreds of dollars on these fucking games. Uh, and then I said, they have this PS Now. Yes. Where, you pay for like a membership, you can stream any of the games they have up on there.
3: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta <sighs> list like a hundred games or something,
1: 20 bucks or 15 bucks, or whatever. Is I like, go, oh, This is it,
3: yeah.
0: So
1: I got a form, and then I'm looking, I ah, go, Let me see if I could play something. And I said they had Metal Gear on there, and I'm like,
0: Oh, shit.
1: yeah,
3: Metal Gear, baby, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah.
1: And so I played them, and then I played Metal Gear uh, five, I think, The Phantom Pain, the fucked up one.
3: Yeah, th- that they released that one before they released the big one because they were take they needed more time to work on Metal Gear 5. So they right. released this little it was just pretty much like a training thing. Yeah. Just to get you ready for the big game, which didn't come out to like a year or something later, I heard.
1: But yeah, but I was all, like, this is fucking great. And I'm fucking just killing people. My like, yeah, dad, this is fucking awesome. And then I took a break again. And then during the pandemic, I needed to I'm I'm going like nuts. I'm like everybody, I'm sure they're going crazy. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I got I got so Lucha Freddy told me about PUBG. And I go, the fuck is PUBG? Well, it's like it's you land on this map, you and like a hundred other people, yeah, and then it's like a battle royal style, you just fucking try to kill everybody.
2: Talk about a <laughs> Yeah, such a pleasant thought right there.
3: Freeland, you were about to mention something about the kids today training, but before you do, uh, I just wanted to mention how wild it is that uh, think just thinking about all the people that Mikey Whipper trained and all the things that they're doing right now. For instance, half like everybody, every other person at AEW he trained. Um, he trained Amazing Red, who pretty much revolutionized freaking wrestling at the time where he broke out. Uh, I'm on TV. I had to throw myself in there. Uh, just it's just it's crazy, 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 crazy. And I'm sitting home, unemployed. <laughs> and then wow. most of us, and most of us owe you money. <laughs> what what I was gonna say though is, give me two percent,
2: I'd be good. God,
3: you call,
2: okay. So when you see the the young up and comers, you know today, how do you feel about? work ethic and do you feel like they are at the (laughs) you you, you okay there
3: how do you feel that they are coming into the business well asking me a question like that makes me feel like i'm old well you're a veteran you're you're a successful person i hate that word oh you don't like the uh, word veteran i don't especially when when my name is
1: how long you win now 15 years 18 Pal, you better
3: start having your bill is dripping
2: wet, pal. I mean, your bill is soaked. I mean, you might need a squeegee on that bill.
0: 18 years.
3: Yeah. Long in the tooth. Long in the tooth is right. I just it doesn't feel like that though. It feels like I just I blinked three or four times and
0: thirty-five. 35.
3: 35? Yeah. I feel like I blinked and it all just it it just went by so quick. What happened? What was that? Look, look how fucking big I am on the screen here.
2: Hey, Wait, that's, what's, that's, what's going that's on? what the fuck is going on here? I have no idea. It's, it's Someone in the truck, it's someone in the truck. Somebody talking in the truck. <laughs> Somebody called Craig Leather is something, something <laughs> shit's going on. My God. In the truck. God, the guy you know, in the truck is probably drinking right now. That's probably why. Uh,
1: you feel old, but I always say now that the guys in WWF in, in the in the mid-late 80s, they didn't get to the big time until they were 35, 36, 37 years
3: old. This is true. This is true. Um, yeah, when you think about it like that, then I'm I don't feel so bad. But he's making me look at the younger generation of guys coming in as if like, oh. I don't know. I just feel a certain type of way of thinking about it. But uh, I don't feel I feel like uh, there are they've got to work harder than we have to. They've got to risk killing themselves more than we had to or more than I had to. Anyway, now the only way to break out is if you can do like a double 630 twist um, and land on your neck and still be able to get up and keep going. Um, Well, that's kind of harder for the guys now just because of. You know, they've seen everything in wrestling and you've got to do something they've never seen before, which is like stab yourself, give it a quarter turn without hitting (laughs) any of the major vitals and then (laughs) do 30 minutes after that.
2: Do you feel like it's gotten to the point where they've, when I say they, I mean, some of the the newer students uh, coming into it are more into that high flying stuff instead of just traditional wrestling. Do you think that that's become so popular? I do Everybody now wants to do a you know a four fifty and you know nine hundred, whatever the hell it is. You know,
3: I do, I do, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's just the nature of the beats. I think wrestling is becoming this thing where if you don't wow someone in a couple seconds, then they just change the channel. It's different time too. You could keep people entertained with some cool chain wrestling, but I don't know. I don't I just I don't think that works anymore. And un- unfortunately, it doesn't, and it breaks my heart because I love wrestling. Um, I was a huge fan of all the technical chain wrestling, which is um, Mikey trained someone by the name of Quiet Storm. Him and I both looked up to guys like Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero, <clears throat> and just that heavy technical based wrestling. In fact, he's living in Japan right now. Um, but yeah, it's just it's not the same. You just when someone turns that television on and you're on that TV if you don't wow them within a few seconds and it's just like uh this is boring wrestling. But th- th-
2: isn't that a shame though? I mean, the fact is that you almost have to do that. My grandma would say it's a crying shame. <laughs>
1: That's right. I remember the honky tonk band one time. <laughs> we we were out and uh we everybody's just talking and the kid was telling honky he wanted to be just like look just like Jeff Hardy. he goes are you fucking stupid (laughs) i don't want to be this guy i want to be this guy (laughs) i want to be this guy you fucking stupid oh man and i'm like well that's from a classic old timer
3: yep and there are a large core of people in the audience who do still appreciate wrestling not so much for the acrobatic stuff although they do like that but uh, but yeah, I think uh it just it's changing unfortunately. And fortunately, it all depends on how you look at it. Some people think right, that this right. the way it is now is way way better and way cooler and more entertaining to watch. Um I see both sides.
2: I think it comes from from different people's perspectives as well. I mean, like you said some people do like the high flying stuff, which is fine, but right. some people do like the more uh, traditional wrestling-based, where guys can have a match and go uh, a great amount of time instead of just this, you know, five, six, seven-minute match where it ends with a, a four-fifty or something like that. I think the attention span of wrestling fans has also been changed too because of the high-flying stuff.
3: Exactly. Uh, something I tell my students actually not to give away too much, but uh, I'll we be back. We i back. I teach them. <laughs> okay, I we teach them. <laughs> Uh, I teach them how to do chain wrestling, but um, I also tell them, you know, depending on where you are, a lot of crowds, they don't want to see chain wrestling. They, they'll they sit through it because they have to, Right. but wrestling is just becoming this thing where it's, as soon as that bell rings, it's fireworks, and then the bell rings, the match matches over, and then we get to the next fireworks show. Um, so it's kind of, it does break my heart to have to tell them that. But you can get away with it. Like, if, like the people who watch Ring of Honor, they know that the product is heavily based around the wrestling. So there's not as many uh, hardcore wrestling fans. But the people who do watch know what they're getting into, which is they're going to see some, a product that's heavily based around actual wrestling. So not to say that all the other products don't wrestle. I'm not saying that at all. It's just, you understand.
2: I mean, everybody's a little bit different. Every brand has its
3: own style. New
2: Japan, All Japan, FMW, ECW. And I think the beauty of this, and I think you'll agree, is that because they are so different, they appeal to such a vast audience. Meaning if if you want to see more of your traditional style wrestling, Ring of Honor can be your thing. If you want to watch the high-flying stuff, you can go on ahead and watch whomever. But it's the variety. I just feel from a fan's perspective that – Unfortunately, the fans have dictated the way things happen in the ring now because, like you said before, if it's not boom, 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 we are such a fast-paced ADD society that we can't truly appreciate a match because we don't give it enough time. It's it's like watching a movie and, oh, this this has such a slow start. Honey, let's, let's put something else on. You don't give it a chance to breathe. Um, when you well, train, do you talk to your – your students about maybe like the buildup of it.
3: Well, one of thing the match before, itself, before I mention that, you did say something that I thought was interesting, which I've talked on a few times with my students and such, which was about uh, the fans. You said are, nowadays they're dictating uh, what's going on. You said so. The, the wild thing is whether some of us will admit it or not, they have always dictated. What is going on? If you don't have your finger on the pulse of what the crowd is liking or not liking, then your company won't survive. The, the wild part to me is because of COVID, I feel like now they all realize that they are more so a part of the show than we wanted them to believe they were, which is wild. Right. They've, they've been a heavy part of the show and they run a large part of it, but we always for years tried to convince them that they don't. Uh, but now, because of COVID, it, it's no way to hide that anymore. So they've always dictated uh, what goes on, whether they realize it or not. Uh, every company just wants to please the fans. It's not like, you know, I mean, <laughs> the one thing that comes to mind is, you know, everyone booing John Cena and them not turning him babyface. But it, if that was any other company, they would have turned him because we're just trying to please the crowd because we want them to come back. Right. Uh, but, Sorry, I, I totally uh, forgot what your initial question was at the end there. I, I think I did too now. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. No,
2: you're fine. I, I just think that in a lot of ways, do you feel like when you teach your students, you teach them the buildup of the match? Yes. The, the, the progression, the telling the story, and then right. obviously not giving fireworks in the first two minutes, but having it build up to a climax, and then obviously the finish. Is that something that you – articulate to your students that you want them to understand uh the progression of it
3: uh, you have to i mean if anybody's training anybody they have to teach them that they have to but like i said i also mentioned to them that you know i showed you how to chain wrestle but a lot of times people don't want to see that so you kind of gotta get through that and i'll show them ways to skip it but it's just uh yeah wrestling just changing and um, it's kind of kind of heartbreaking a little bit for the people who love heavy map based technical chain wrestling style. And I one thing I tell them too is, you know, that some there's most of the fans don't like that chain wrestling stuff, and the fans who do like it are probably going to become wrestlers at some point. <laughs> yeah, just to give you a heads up here, uh, Jay, you should, talk, you
1: should Ch- talk to Jerry Lynn how to skip
2: the chain wrestling. <laughs> Saying the word chain wrestling is like the uh, the word of the day on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, oh. Mikey Mikey hates chain uh, wrestling. But
1: how much did I stress it?
2: Oh, you. Sh- oh, I'm
3: sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, did he train you too, Freeland? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm uh, not a- yeah. It was it was heavily stressed at the school. Fee, What?
2: Would you say right now, when you talk to your students, and and I'll get off the the, the student mentor aspect of it uh, soon, is there anything you tell them to watch?
3: Everything. you say... No, yeah, everything. That's a thing, too, because sometimes there's been some of the classes I've had where I say, okay, if I ask you what the last wrestling you watched is, and today is Wednesday, you better not say Monday Night Raw, because Tuesday went by, Monday Night Raw's not on on Tuesdays. I said, everybody takes a shit. And everybody has a smartphone. There's no reason that while you're taking a poop, you can't be watching a match on your phone. If this is what you want to do, if this wrestling is what you want your life to be and you want to survive and survive and strive in wrestling, then you've got to consume it. It's got to be everything that you do and everything you think about. So there shouldn't be a day that goes by where you haven't watched anything wrestling related. Um, So, yeah, I tell them to watch any and everything. Any and everything. Is there
2: anything that you, is there any match in your own personal vault that you say, wow, looking back now, having been trained and been successful, this is such an enjoyment to watch. Is there one or two matches that you look back and you say, man, those two did this so beautifully. It was, uh, it was a pleasure watching it."
3: it. You mean, do I say this match and suggest my students to watch it or suggest people to watch it? Or
2: for you, do you sit oh, back? Do oh, you, is, is there one or two of them that you say, my
3: gosh, you know, everything is, I've
2: been through, w- which there, one kind of stands out to you?
3: There is, uh, but I try not to force my opinion so much on to my students. There's one match that in particular that I can think of that I'm going to mention that it really made me want to become a professional wrestler. I thought it was done so well. But the, the wild part is, although it's my favorite of all time, It's not someone else's favorite. Something else drew them to wrestling. So I don't want to push my opinion and my views on what wrestling should be on the students. I want them to form their own opinion on what wrestling should be and what brought them to this ultimate uh, dance of wanting to become a professional wrestler. So, But for me, it was uh, Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper. I'm a huge story guy. And if there's no story that makes me feel something, then I don't like the match. Uh, and I thought that that match did so well. They did so such a good job that it made me want to become a professional wrestler. Brett and Roddy Piper were so close, and Piper cut this promo beforehand saying, I used to come over Brett's house, and your mom would make those bologna sandwiches, man. Of course, there was only one piece of bologna, but <laughs> ah, that doesn't matter. I was hungry anyway. <laughs> Like He was making these little digs, but he was just trying to show that they had known each other so well. And he's right. Mr. Joker, and Brett is more serious, and it kind of got heated. So then they the promo's done, and they go in the ring, and they wrestle around, but Piper's temper gets the, the best of him, and he sucker punches Brett, and he's bleeding. But the, the crowning moment is at the end Piper's temper got the best from him. The ref is out. He goes to get the ring bell. And when he raises the ring bell above his head to hit Brett, he looks up and everybody stands up and they're like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Cause man. And you can't tell. Cause I got this rash guard gimmick on, which I use when I train, but I've got goosebumps right now. Cause it makes me, I just remember when I saw it for the first time. And Piper did such a great job when the camera zoomed in on his face, to me, I felt like, oh, he doesn't even want to really do this, but he's just, his temper got the best of him, and everybody knows what that feels like. Yep. And then he kind of lowered it, and people kind of calmed down, but then he raised it back up again, and everybody stood up, and Bobby the Brain Heenan's on commentary, he's like, do it, do it, give it to me, I'll do it. Uh, and just <laughs> the whole thing, that whole thing made me... One, that was the moment for me where I wanted to become a professional wrestler. But it's going to be that moment is different from for everybody. So uh, I've never told anybody watch this match. This match made me want to become a professional wrestler. If they ever ask me what's one of my favorite matches, I mention that. But uh, I try not to force any matches on anybody. I just tell them watch everything because if they watch everything, who knows what match they're going to see that stands out to them and makes them see things differently or, man, this is what, what wrestling should be. And every time you watch a wrestler, you're watching what they think wrestling should be because we're all artists. So I don't want to force my art on one of my students because I think that's what wrestling should be. I like to – got to form their own opinion. And if I hate it, I'll let them know, but at least they <laughs> form their own opinion. <laughs> Do you
2: see uh do you see any of yourself in any of your students? do you see every when you walk away them. from
3: every last one of them? I give my heart and soul to them um, just like you know just like Mikey it's which is only reason you would stop accepting someone's money when you're training you you've become friends with them you develop some kind of bond with them and not like a friendship where we're hanging out outside and we let's go have some dinner. No, like in the ring, you see their hard work. You f- feel their frustration when they can't get something and you let them know it's okay. Then when they finally get it, you share in their excitement, like, oh, God, I finally got it. This, this uh, amazing bond is developed. Um, it's, it's, it's even hard to describe it, but um, but yes, yes.
1: It's honestly that's like he- they're
3: your kids. Right.
1: Like I would say, the greatest joy for me is watching my kids do well. You know, yeah, you did, you know, you did the Ring of Honor championship and TNA all and stuff. That was awesome. But for me, the greatest moment for you was just being at the Ring of Honor New Japan show and then watching you compete in that ladder match at the Garden. Like for me, like, God damn, he fucking made it. Like he literally, like he literally made it now. You know what
2: I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Let, let's kind of throw this on you, Jay. Um, I, and I guess it's different for everybody, but. You Know after you get through your training and you're ready to start, where's was there a moment or was there a night that you officially felt like I'm here? Now I mean, and I know it sounds kind of corny to say that, but yeah. like I'm I'm actually here and like holy cow, I'm doing what I absolutely love, and I'm I'm happy. Was there a uh, moment there that you remember or
3: yeah, not because uh, we're, I'm doing the podcast with him. But for me, that moment was when I went to Mikey Whipwreck's school. Um, and then I had my first match after starting training with Mikey, my first match for Jersey All-Pro Wrestling. Um, That's when I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. But it was always terrifying after that. And I never felt comfortable until maybe... I'm not even joking. Maybe six, seven years later is when I felt like, all right, I think I, I understand what I'm doing. I'm, I'm comfortable and confident in my abilities. But for six years straight, it was, I'm not so sure. What a, I don't know. I think I'm doing this right. I hope everybody likes it. Oh, man. I just, and you're just in your head, you know? But, yeah, for like six or seven years, it was like that. Wow.
2: Um once you were working, was there anybody in particular that you kind of created a good bond with that kind of, you know, warmed up to you and and took you under their wing and said, Hey, Uh,
3: yeah, it was Samoa Joe. Um, I remember being at ring of honor and I'm not making this up, but I got into ring of honor after only wrestling for about a year and a half. And about nine months of that was training with Mikey whip and, Working at Jersey All-Pro, a lot of the people who were working there were working at Ring of Honor, and they saw me, and they said, everybody else is working there. You want to come? And I said, of course. So literally every match I had there, I didn't know how to – I was horrible at planning the matches, putting them together. I had, I relied heavily on the person I was in the ring with, and I was literally thinking, one of these days, someone's going to be like, why are you here? Almost like I slipped through the cracks – I really felt like I was walking on eggshells, but I was the only one who felt like that. No one was thinking that except for me. I kept thinking they're going to find out that I am not on these guys' level. I should not be here. That's why I sought extra training after my original school closed down. I need more training, um, but the, no one ever th- thought of it like that. And then uh, Samoa Joe, who had we become, we had become friends, and I don't know why he liked me. Or what made what he saw that was he would just oh Jay you're here put your bag next to mine come uh, get just next to me just out of nowhere he just started being nice to me and I don't know what it is that he saw but yeah then this real friendship developed there and he taught me a lot of about how to carry myself outside of the ring and how to talk to Ring of Honor and how to talk to promoters uh, when they're you know when they come up to me and question me about if I want to do this or do that. And he taught me a lot of stuff in the ring too, mainly how to get my butt whooped, but it was tough love. Um, But yeah, no Samoa Joe was that guy who did it for me. He he really like protected me. Maybe he felt that I was nervous and I I really felt like I didn't belong there, but maybe he felt that, but I don't know. I don't just one day. He just started being nice to me and uh, I don't, I really don't know why. But I'm grateful for it. I mean, it, it it sounds like he's a hell of a good guy. I have not got a chance to
2: to speak with him yet, but from people who I do know who've spoken with him, they say a lot of glowing things, much like what you're talking about. Um, do that you think a tremendous guy, tremendous? Do you think a lot of people probably feel the way you feel or the way you felt for the first six or seven years, like hey? should i be here should i not i would i would assume that that would be a more common thing than a lot of people would think
3: do you think that
2: that happens with a lot of people
3: uh just being honest and i'm not you know luckily i don't have to mention any names but uh no i don't feel that way i feel like there was only a few maybe i could count on one maybe two hands the amount of people who felt the way i felt but i feel like there's a lot of people who are just you know I'm the greatest. And they say that in a promo. Then the promo is over and they still feel like they're the greatest. Like it's just it never shut off. Um, it's kind of sad. I've seen it so many times, but I'd, I'd say the people who think like me and like, Oh, I don't know if I belong and I still need more training and blah, blah, blah. No, that's, that's, that doesn't happen that often. I don't think not from what I've seen, it seems like there's a lot of humility with you as well. I, I don't think that,
2: from what I've seen of you, nothing ever went to your head. And it seems like from humble beginnings, you're still that, that same guy. Would you agree? Uh,
3: I would like to agree. <laughs> uh, and I hope, I hope I'm correct in saying yes. I like to think that uh, I've always gotten along with everybody. I like to think that I, I'm very good at seeing everyone's point of view. Um, which is a big thing you got to have, especially in wrestling, since, you know, there's no official one correct way to do any of this. There's tons of different ways, like Mikey taught me. You know, I can show you this, and 10 other people can show you 10, over, ten other ways. You know who's right? All of them. But you know what, kid? There is only one wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> there's tons of right ways, but only one wrong way. Um, but yeah, I I like to think that I've stayed as humble as I possibly could and understanding. And you just got to be a nice person. Some people, it's hard to be a nice person, so they fake it. Um, and then eventually they can't fake it anymore. But you just got to be a nice person.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. A lot of our fans and listeners are probably very familiar with your work in TNA. And I think that a lot of people would agree that if TNA continued in the direction with that core that you guys had, that's what, that's what should have been. A lot of us were beating our heads against the wall when it started to get away from that and nothing against some of the older guys at all. But you guys are what put TNA on the map and what made it interesting and made it entertaining and exciting and fun. And I think that's the biggest word. It was fun again. And I think there was a, a definite switch after that happened. Do you feel in any way, shape, or form, um, I don't want to say any animosity, but, man, TNA had so much if they would have really let the main young guys run with the ball a lot more. Uh,
3: Yeah, no animosity. It's hard to hate or have any animosity towards a company that gave you one of the greatest nights of your life which is me getting to wrestle one of my idols, Ric Flair, Um, literally one of the greatest and most famous wrestlers of all time. Um, And, you know, another thing is I didn't want to leave impact wrestling. They, for some reason, I never got the official story, you know, in wrestling, you hear a lot of rumors. I never got the official story of why I was released or let go. One story that I do believe is that there was making budget cuts and, uh, it wasn't officially Dixie's money. It was her parents' money. And someone came in, in the office and tried to make a bunch of cuts uh, financially. And I was on one of the chopping blocks, which I could totally believe that and totally understand that. Um, but I just finished this program with Ric Flair and it technically wasn't even over yet. And when they, when I was let go, I was, it was total shock to me. I didn't, Understand it, but I definitely think uh, they they had one of the best rosters. They had so much hype around them, especially when Kurt Angle came in and the whole feud with him and Samoa Joe. And then we were going live on TV. I don't know how they messed it up, but I'm pretty sure I couldn't have done any better. Only thing I would have done was keep focusing on the X Division, but that I'm sure it could only get you so far. Um, I don't know how they messed that up. I don't know. But I do know that I didn't even want to leave. And, and it's
2: hard, too, because when you hear, when you hear someone say that, it, it just kind of turns your gut even more. You know, it, it was one thing if you wanted to leave and go on and, and have other opportunities. But when a company has so much and they squander it, and I, and I want to use that word because they did, they could have shot that thing to the moon, in my opinion. And uh, they went in a different direction, so be it. Uh, history will determine whether or not that was the right choice. I think a lot of us will say it wasn't. Uh, well, um,
3: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'd like to share with you the conversation I had when they let me go from Impact Wrestling. I thought it was very interesting. Um, so uh, a good friend of mine, I still consider him a friend. And uh, even when I see him, I would give him a hug and oh reminisce. But Terry Taylor... Uh, he was the hire and fire guy, or he was, you know, someone was above him telling him to hire fire. So he was a talent relations guy. So, uh, whenever I had to do something, some kind of interview, or I had to fill some paperwork out, Terry Taylor would call me and the phone conversation would go like this. Every time I'd pick up the phone, Terry Taylor, he'd go, Jay lethal, you're fired. I would start laughing, he would start laughing, and then he would tell me whatever it was that I needed to do. Um, so you would think that this time when he was really letting me go, he wouldn't say that, but I was kind of glad that he did because like it kind of like that was our thing, so he didn't change it because we were friends, or at least I, I believe we're friends. but um the day that he let me go, I was at a baseball game um, and he calls me. He goes, I go, Terry Taylor, he goes, Jay Lethal, you're fired. I start laughing. I go, okay, what's up, Terry? I'm at this baseball game. And he goes, uh, unfortunately, this time I'm serious. We, we got to let you go. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What? Is this a joke? He goes, no, it's not a joke. I'm sorry. Uh, we're terminating your deal. We had to make some budget cuts. I'm so sorry, Jay. I was like, oh, my God. But to this day, I appreciate the fact that uh, our fo- phone conversation started just like every other conversation that we would ever had. Um, I'm glad he didn't change it. Would you say that? And a lot of people have said <laughs> Mikey, would you have changed it? Probably not. Bro, I don't think you would have either. Bro, I really I'd, don't I'd think have, you probably, would have.
1: I probably would have used this way as a little bit of levity. <laughs> before
2: it just completely fucking <laughs> What the fuck are you doing with the outlet? Now you plug something what? into it. What? I had to I had to because my, my, my battery's going low and I got J Lethal on here. You think I'm some kind of schmo here? Do you think I'm all <laughs> of a sudden gonna be like uh start of rushing my questions? Screw that up again. he'd like you to rush the questions.
3: No, no, we're having a good old time here.
2: It, it, the <laughs> one thing I, 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 did, I did want to ask you is, is, is yeah. this it, regarding your, your time in, in, TNA?
3: Let's do it. You, you
2: obviously, you <laughs> talked about the moments with it, Flair. Fuck them. <laughs> Mikey can say these things. I'm the straight guy. I um, give. When you it comes fuck. to, like, whoa, this is true. This is true. That's all I'm going to do from now on. Um, the moments with Ric Flair, yes. what was that like when you got to speak with him when that whole thing happened? Because the, the chopping thing, and I think we all remember, and this is something that has so many millions of plays, the woo off, uh, um, was that, and you're probably tired of answering this. Question, no, no, I'm not. How did, how did this all come about? Was this just organic or did he, did you just say, Hey, this is something I want to do. And, Tell me, take me down memory lane with, with okay. the whole shoes
3: and clothes and wooing. I will tell you that uh, it was the scariest moment of my life. And you would think that's weird, right? Because I it when it was all said and done, it was some of the greatest moments of my entire life, not just my wrestling career. But it was also the scariest. Because I don't know if you remember, but um, I was the black machismo for most of that Impact run. And I had never, they had never given me a live microphone in front of a live crowd. All my promos were pre-taped. And even if I messed up my promos, they said, oh, that's good. You're doing it in Macho (laughs) Man voice. So if I was supposed to say ABC and I accidentally said XYZ, I could always bring it back to ABC. And then it's one, I'm a one take wonder because it it doesn't, (laughs) it almost doesn't matter what I say. Just as long as it's in that voice and the mannerisms and that outfit Uh, then it doesn't matter. So all my promos were all pre-taped backstage. I never had a chance to cut a promo in front of the crowd, let alone on live TV. So uh, when we start going live, we do these shows over in the UK. And on one of the off days, um, everybody's in the bar drinking. I had a few drinks. And uh, apparently I found out I could do this awesome Ric Flair thing. And I remember the next day getting on the bus as I pass every row, people are putting the four fingers up and wooing at me. I was like, oh, they must have loved it last night. So uh, weeks of that went by. And just any downtime in the locker rooms, I would do my flair impression. In fact, I would do it with Earl Hebner so much that him and I stopped saying hello to each other. When we'd see each other, we'd just start wooing or doing some kind of strut. <laughs> we never even said hi to each other anymore. The word hi was not even in our vocabulary. It was just wooing. So uh, one day, Earl comes up to me and I woo and he doesn't woo back. I'm like, oh, Earl, are you okay? He goes, you'll never believe who's coming to work here. And I go, oh, man, who? And he starts wooing and strutting. And I go, oh, my God. And instantly I'm terrified because I know I've been doing this impression for weeks. (laughs) (laughs) No one told me he was coming for weeks. So I know right away, as soon as he gets here, they're going to make me do it for him. I was so, I was like borderline mad. Like, why was I doing that? I'm going to look like a fool in front of Ric Flair. Everybody's going to make me do this impression. God. So uh, (laughs) I remember the day he got there, the exhibition guys got dressed in this trailer and I would peek out the trailer and i seen him and he there was a massive crowd around him all the boys saying hello and i go okay well i'll just wait till he's alone that way i won't be embarrassed by any of the guys going oh look what he can do so um i wait about 20 30 minutes i had to go do a pre-tape i did that came back still a big crowd around him i'm thinking the show's about to start they gotta leave him alone but nope never did so then I was like, well, with the crowd around him, maybe no one even noticed that I go up to him and say hi. I can't avoid him all day. Plus, I idolize the guy. I, I want to go say hi to him. So I go side, say hi to him. I make my way through the crowd. I stick my hand out. And before I stick my hand out, I'm going, "I like, do I call him Mr. Flair or Rick? I'm not, he wouldn't be disrespected by me calling him Rick, would he? I'll call him Mr. Flair, I guess. And I go, oh, Mr. Flair, Jay Lethal, nice to meet you. And... With my hand out, he looks down at my hand, and then he looks at me, and like a movie, I feel like everybody stopped talking. And when he (laughs) looks at me, he doesn't even shake my hand. He leaves my hand right there in the air. And he looks at me, and he goes, let me hear it. And I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, no, no. So I do my Ric Flair promo for him. I do the promo. I don't know why I picked this one, but it was the promo where – rick flair had come out and slid the chair underneath the undertaker when he tombstone hulk hogan and hulk um, yes undertaker won the belt um so flair in the locker room he's like little girls crying like oh man so i did the whole promo for him he absolutely loved it he starts clapping everybody's like oh cool 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 and then uh make like a week or two later someone's like hey rick flair wants to work with you i'm like me no way that's like unreal so when i get to the impact zone i see vince russo and vince russo goes bro come here i gotta talk to you he's got that accent (laughs) i go okay he goes your dream is coming true bro tonight you're gonna do this promo in the ring with rick flair you guys are working he wants he likes you bro i go okay that's awesome man Like, I'm ready to cry. I'm so happy. He goes, but there's only one problem. I go, what's that? He goes, well, every time a wrestler goes to the ring, most of the time, bro, they know what they're going to say. They got bullet points. They'd never go out there without nothing in their head. But unfortunately, Ric Flair won't let us write anything for him. That's not the way he does promos. So you're going to have to go to him and ask him what he wants to do today. I go, okay. Uh, oh, my. oh my God. All right. Fine. So the higher ups got dressed. Like I said, the exhibition got dressed in the trailer. The higher ups got dressed in this really nice building uh, with multiple <laughs> rooms and, and couches. Uh, so I go into his room. Uh, he just finished getting dressed, put his suit on or something. And I go, oh, Mr. Flair, Vince Russo said we have a promo today. And he goes, yeah, we do. And I go, uh, he wanted me to get with you to talk about what what we're going to do out there what we're going to say he goes i told him i don't talk about my promos we just we just do it out there and i start laughing because i think he's joking like i said this is my first in-ring live promo i no one ever wrote a promo for me no one ever told me what i don't know how promos work at this point i know how backstage segments work i don't know how in ring (laughs) oh he's just joking so i start laughing and then i look at him he goes I'm serious. And he slaps me on the shoulder and he goes, I'll see you out there. And then he walks out of the room. I don't know why he walked out of the room. That was his locker room I was standing in. <laughs> he, just, he left me in his locker room. And I'm, now I'm terrified. And the whole day, I'm just so scared. No one's telling me what we're even doing. No one's telling me what to say. Simon Diamond comes up to me. Uh, and he's like, Jay, what's the problem? I go, Pat, I'm like nobody's telling me what to say. Nobody's telling me what to do. And I got to do this promo later, and I'm terrified. He goes, don't – just calm down. You'll figure it out. It's, it, it's going to be okay. Come back and talk to me later. I go, okay. So uh, Vince Russo comes and says, make sure you put this suit on. So I put this suit on, and still, the show is going on. Nobody's told me what I'm saying, what I'm doing. And then eventually, uh, Vince Russo says uh, – so when you go out there, you just do your flare impression. Then Flair will come out, and then you guys will just do whatever. I don't know. He won't let us write anything. I go, okay, at least now I know something to do. I'm going to go do my impression. But I don't know what's going to happen after that. And I'm terrified. And I remember it's my turn. I'm standing right at the curtain, and my hands start going numb. That's how nervous I was. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, so Simon, you, you're, it's at the top of the stairs, the curtain. So I hear someone coming up the stairs. I look back, and it's Simon Diamond. He comes up the stairs, and he's like, what's wrong? Or what's what's like you look so nervous? I go, I'm terrified. He goes, here's the thing. This should relax you. All you have to do is realize this. We're only making you go do this because you've been doing it in the locker room, and it's hilarious. So when you go to the ring, don't do anything that you wouldn't be doing in the locker room. Just pretend you're in the locker room. Because that's why this all got booked. That's why he wants to work with you. He saw your impression in the locker room. So don't go out there and try to do anything fancy or just pretend like we're in the locker room. I go, oh, okay. And that made total sense to me. And I was like, okay, that kind of made me feel a little better. I was still scared, but it made me feel a little better. Then I go to the ring, and I don't know which promo I'm going to go into. And I just pick one. Um, And I'm just doing my Ric Flair impression. His music hits. Once his music hit, I'm thinking... Shit gets real. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just watching him walk down the ramp to me. I'm standing in the ring. He's walking down the ramp to me. His music is playing. Like, that image, that clip is burned in my head for the rest of my life. Like, that is the highlight to me of my career. Um, But yeah, he got in the ring, and I was just went blank i don't know what i was saying i can't even remember what i said after that but every other promo after that was a little easier like the woo off that wasn't written it was just a, this organic thing they said okay flair's gonna be in the ring you come out on the ramp and pretend to be him okay that's easy i came out started pretending to be him then we started bickering back and forth and then he threw his shoe at me so then i threw a shoe and i was like oh he let me elbow drop the, the, on, the, on the ramp. Just do like a big knee drop or something. So then I do this big drop and the people go crazy. And, and then he starts wooing and I start wooing. And then we did this woo off. Man, like none of that was written. It was just happening. And uh, yeah, I couldn't be prouder of, of what transpired. But it was also nerve-wracking to me. Terrifying. I, I cannot begin
2: to imagine... And terrifying. I give you credit because I don't think I would have the the nerve to be able to do something like that in front of one of my idols. I don't think I could. Um, and then not but only, I, but, two... I guarantee,
1: but I guarantee,
2: Rick loved that you did that. Loved every second of
1: it. Loved it's, it. It's it's the guys that when you're doing something that they're too scared to do anything. Yeah. It's like, listen, kid, this is your fucking chance. Right. Like, right. right. When, we're, when we're out there. Right? It's not Ric Flair and Jay Lethal, right? It's Rick's job to make things like this. You know what I mean?
3: Right, 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 so
1: right. If Rick went out there and just ate him up verbally, which he could have done, done. he could have done it. And he it would have <laughs> been the death of me. But, I, but I, that's what I mean. Like, Rick fucking knows how to work, and yeah. he knows that. You're not doing anything out there to fucking do you disrespect for anything else. You're right. out there to be entertaining and to make something successful.
0: Right. Right. So yeah,
1: that's one thing I tell the guys, you have to get once you're out there, you and the person are like this. Yeah. You have to be. You, uh-huh. You're doing it for him, he's doing it for you. And it's a constant, Correct. it's a constant back and forth. If you're out there just not not to do anything, I said it's not gonna be any good, and you're not gonna get the respect of that person.
2: Correct. And you're not gonna move up. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get the feeling when you're kind of just riffing on each other that there's a look in the other person's eye that they know that this is this is good, that uh, this is this is working? Do you ever get that kind of the you know the look? Or, I mean, not something obvious, but you mean with Ric Flair?
3: Yeah. Did you ever get yeah, the feeling? There was only once, only once, and I feel like I, the, the literally what I said in my head was, "I got him." That's what I said in my head because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I you know I'd watch tons of Ric Flair promos, and we were just organically in this promo. We start. I I would say a line that he had said, and he'd be like, "That's my line." Then he would say a line, these famous Flair lines, and I said one that he he had, he'd only used it like once or twice, and never said it again. And uh, the line was jumping on. You're going to find out that jumping on is a lot easier than jumping off. And when I said that. I could, it was almost like I did, my eyes did like this super zoom to the ring. All he could say was, wow. (laughs) Like he didn't even have a response. And his face, his face when he said, wow, it was like in my head, all I could think was, oh my God, I just got him. I just got him. (laughs) The ultimate right there. He had no comeback. Right, right.
2: (laughs) I could watch, I could watch that clip were those clips over and over and over again. It's just so good and to know that it was all extemporaneous and it was just two people who are extremely passionate just letting it all hang out. I think that adds to it. Do you think that too many times in wrestling things being scripted is really kills that what you shared with Rick? Uh,
3: I, I, uh, I don't think well, I do think that if it's too scripted and I don't have any room to play with anything, then it could be a hindrance, especially if the crowd's really harping on something that was said and I can't even, you know, comment on it because I got to follow this script. It could hurt. But, I mean, I see a lot of people on TV deliver these great promos and aren't they all scripted? Like at WWE, aren't there all their promos scripted or no? Because I see a lot of great promos there.
2: I would say for the most part, if if it's not completely scripted, it is heavily directed,
3: meaning you you have to hit on all these. Got it. Yeah, I guess it all depends on who you are. Uh, Then I guess I'll answer for me personally. For me personally, I would like it if it wasn't 100% scripted. There's got to be some wiggle room. Um, But like, if you're a, a WWE, no one can be saying stuff that hasn't been cleared yet uh they they've got to know every little thing that's going to be said on their tv they don't want to lose any sponsors or anything so i can totally understand why everything would be scripted but i i do think that that would be a little tough for me having to memorize the lines and it wouldn't really feel like real i'm just reciting this poem and uh i don't know i i I don't think it would yield the best promo for me personally if i I, I
1: I can barely remember a mess.
2: Right,
0: right, right, right.
2: There should be no way in hell, Mikey. I would assume you also wouldn't be somebody that anybody could just kind of toss a script at and say, "Hey, you, you know, you got to do this." I, I just knowing your personality, that just wouldn't work. Am I correct in that assumption? That's correct.
1: In the very beginning, when I was doing the original Mikey Loser, the beat up guy. Yeah. Uh, Paulie would pretty much script me what he wanted me to say. And once I kind of got the idea of what he wanted as a character, at that point, then I could just play into it. But I am very, uh, not to put myself over it, but I'm I'm very quick witted. You know what I mean? And if I go out there with, I have to say something verbatim, it just would not, I I, I would need just bullet points. Okay. Hit on this, this, and this. I said, okay. And I'll just go out there, whatever. And then in a situation like Jay, I would do pro- I would expect him to reply to what I said. Right. Organically, knowing right. where the stories are going, what they want us to get across, and just go back and forth like that. It's it would come very like yes, hello.
3: <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh.
1: Next next week at WrestleMania, Jay, I know it's your <laughs> big moment. I'm gonna tell you something. It's my big moment too.
3: Right. And then and, you're thinking, did I miss a word? And yeah. <laughs> right. Line. That's where you write it on your hand. Yeah. How do you make your how do you make your students feel
2: comfortable when it comes to promos? What what is your thought when you talk to them? Because I know you mentioned earlier that, you know, they didn't give you a life, mic for a long time. And a lot of stuff was pre-taped when it comes to speaking. Uh-huh. Do you feel like some of your students are like, man, I can go out and wrestle, but eh, you hand me a microphone. It's a completely different ballgame.
3: Uh, just putting those lights on and the camera in your face, it can be a little nerve-wracking. So when we go over promos, it's not so much about the words. It's just becoming comfortable, I tell them. You've got to be comfortable with this camera in your face and the lights on you. We have a whole setup uh, with the big camera and the lights, and then everybody in the room is looking at you. That's the terrifying part. The words, you know, that stuff is easy. It's just they get flustered, the words do, because... It's this nervous camera in the face. This light is on. People are looking at me. They're hanging on every word I say. Um, So I always teach them, you just got to become comfortable in those situations. You got to make those uncomfortable situations comfortable, and then your promos will be easy after that. So you went went from being
1: black machismo. Yes. Right?
3: To to the black nature boy. Yeah.
1: So how did it feel then when you had to transition and call promos as yourself?
3: Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah, that incredible question. Um, it was awful, and Raven, Raven. In the beginning, it was awful. By the way, Raven made this great joke to me one time. He goes, "Eh, hey, kid, your uh, your Macho Man impression, spot on. Your Ric Flair impression, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Your Jay Lethal impression, needs a little work." <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I think I had focused on being other people so much that I, it was weird to cut a promo as me in, when I first started after that Ric Flair stuff. And I felt like it was not good. But I felt like the Macho Man thing, which made me comfortable with being laughed at, and I wasn't afraid to be in front of the camera. And then the Ric Flair thing teaching me the timing and this and that. I had the tools To do these good promos, it's just uh, I had to work on a little bit. I had to perfect those tools because I was so used to being other people, and I wasn't quite sure what Jay Lethal's Lethal's voice even was. I wasn't sure how I was supposed to sound because I was so used to sounding like other people. So once I figured that out, promos were easy after that for me because I had already developed the tools without even realizing it. One of the hardest tools, I think, to, to promos is just being comfortable with everybody looking at you. It's a pressure situation. Once you can become comfortable in that, promos to me are easy. And I perfected that with the whole Macho Man thing. Look, most of the people who get into wrestling, they don't want to look stupid. They don't want to be the funny guy. Every, most of them want to be the badass Stone Cold Steve Austin, stun your boss, world champion, badass, drink beer, don't look stupid. That's what pretty much everybody wants to be. No one wants to get laughed at. No one wants to get made fun of. No one wants to sound or look stupid. Once you get over that, uh, because it's going to happen eventually, you're going to sound stupid at least once or twice. You're going to look stupid at least once or twice. Uh, But once you can get over that and become comfortable looking stupid or not looking stupid, then uh, wrestling really became a breeze for me after that.
1: My first promos, having never done them before, (laughs) I had to do promos. It was in ECW Arena after the show. And I had to do promos in front of Nancy Benoit, uh, Sherry Martell, Hawk, Jimmy Snuka, Kevin Sullivan, Terry Funk, and Shane Douglas. Wow. All, like, literally two feet from me. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I am like... I was like freak, like I was, I had that nervous and like to be like the whiny thing. And that first time was 100% legit because I was shitting my pants full. I was fucking petrified. And I would and, and have been too. Of course I, would, I was doing I the whole, you know, <laughs> I'm going, like I feel very uncomfortable doing that. That's right. not my personality in general, but I was very intimidated by everybody mm. in the room. Mm-hmm. And I was so nervous and Terry Funk pulls me aside and he goes, I have an idea. Just act like you're scared to death. <laughs> right, right. I go. I go. I, go, I am scared to death. Oh, good. You're a natural. <laughs> you know. And then wow. you have Hawk doing his thing. You know. And he talked to me. And he goes. He goes. How do you think the first? Well? <laughs> like well. Oh, yeah, okay. But yeah, it.
4: it
1: when I can actually when I when I not act like myself because my personality for some reason I think just watching him so long I have a natural Bobby Heenanism ah. to, my, to my my witness and just my sometimes my delivery
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, but once I was with the devil and I could be a mix between um, me Bobby Heenan uh, Ozzy Osbourne and Chris Farley once I was the devil, I could take all those and put them all together and just act like a nut. That's when I finally became comfortable. Yeah. So I, I was petrified of promos for probably
3: six years. And on another thing that reminds me, another thing is some people become comfortable when there's others with them as well. Something that also about you being the only one they're looking at is terrifying as well. So sometimes it helps like some of the students, or it helps other people. If they're not the only one in that promo, they're not the only ones involved in it, they kind of can feed off each other, and it, they kind of each boost each other's confidence a little bit too.
2: Yeah, I, wow. That, I, I remember the first time you told me that story, Mikey, with having all those people there. And especially being new, you know, th- there's that factor of, oh, I don't want to screw this up, but yet I don't want to screw this up on top of all of these legendary people staring at me. And right. that yep. adds a whole nother element to the whole thing because it's like, ah, this is this is my fandom in front of me now, and now it's also my job. So it's like it's a double whammy. So a double whammy. I mean, I
1: double whammy. I, mm-hmm.
2: I give you, you uh, got uh, your, Paul, you got your bill soaked there.
1: But Paulie would say when he was producing me, he he would say, he goes, Mikey, you're supposed to be a scared little kid who never knows how to wrestle. You're supposed to fuck up. So if you fuck up, it's fine. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, he's just fucking saying that.
3: <laughs> yeah, you would always tell me that he was so good at talking to people.
1: Yeah, you would do it, and you and like I knew he didn't like it, and I I kind of knew I fucked. He goes, I ah, tried again. <laughs> tried again.
3: When like, that, was uh... good, that was good
1: to try this. That's what I did the first time. Oh, I know it sucked. So. <laughs>
3: Right, right.
2: When you departed uh, from TNA, um, what was the feeling as far as what's next for me? Did you feel the Jay Lethal, uh, persona was established well enough that hey, I'm going to get a phone call or somebody's going to get a hold of me? Obviously, in the moment, you know, you're probably thinking, "Holy crap!" You know, here I am, and now all of a sudden, right? Uh, wh- where so, do we
3: go from here? Um, it was almost. You know not to, I feel like my whole life flashed before my eyes. I just bought a house, um, I was living alone, um, and now I have no job. i um, not even gonna enjoy the rest of this baseball game that I was <laughs> yeah. at. Uh, and another thing, this is wild to think about too that was my first taste. This is like I really feel like I'm Willy I'm Charlie from the Chocolate Factory and this golden ticket just one lucky win after another perfect timing perfect placement This was my first real taste of any kind of failure I had never been fired from a, or let go from a company before I'd always been in the right place at the right time It was like things were just being handed to me I was working hard for them sure but I was very lucky And this was the first time I felt like I failed something in wrestling, by the way. I mean, Um, so like, yeah, my first taste of failure. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't this is new to me. I feel like is my career over? What's going to happen now? And uh, I remember the Young Bucks called me. And uh, here's like I said, I'm like Charlie from the Chocolate Factory. I didn't go seeking like, oh, what I'm going to do. Just one door closed and another one just magically opened. The Young bugs called me because um, they were working at Impact 2, and they were like, we can't believe you just got let go. They told everybody, we want to quit too. But here, uh, Ring of Honor, some big things are about to happen there. Call up this guy uh, and go work there. So I called up Carrie Silken, and all of a sudden, I was only out of a job for like a month, which is only one show pretty much. Um, and I was working for Ring of Honor right after that. It was like one door closed and another one opened. It was unreal. So I didn't even get to sulk for very long <laughs> or panic about life or what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to get a regular job. Not that there's anything wrong with regular jobs, but I put mm-hmm. all of my – there's nothing wrong with regular jobs, Mikey. The problem is I put all of my eggs in the wrestling basket. I put <laughs> no other eggs in any other basket. So as soon as that wrestling basket – Collapses. I'm screwed.
1: The only problem with a a, a regular job is it's regular. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wow. Oh <laughs> <laughs> but uh, our producer has the woo off. Okay. Uh, right, let's so let's, let's uh, check it uh, out.
5: Uh, check uh,
3: that out. <laughs> I think If they get it right. Okay.
2: Speaking of, so Simon
3: Diamond had You're talked right. to me right before I came through the curtain right there.
2: Fortune faction.
0: Woo! I, I, I to be on the road, up and down, late nights, parties, pissing the girls and making them cry.
2: With the- I love that look right there. That look,
0: <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, are no horsemen. That is disrespectful to me and this wrestling business.
2: Look at that. There's the, the drop jaw.
0: Mirror, mirror, on the wall. <laughs> the fairest of them all. Who oh, are you? it's your boy. Not that piss at Jay Lethal. Hey!
2: <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. That's right. I never...
0: Come on, Doctor... brothers. See what you got. You can roll like again. Come on. <laughs> One what? You want to see something? Yeah. Let me show you something. I want to <laughs> see
2: it. <laughs> this is great.
0: You wanna see it? Yeah. You want to see it? Yeah. Watch this.
2: <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs>
3: Did that hurt? Oh my god. Oh, it hurt so bad.
0: Yes, you man. can't. i You can't be me. You can't do me. I'm fucking <laughs> you off right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't cut me off. Woo! Hey, don't you start that with me. Woo! <laughs> 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 don't you be upset. Living, riding, judge, flying, kid stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun that can kiss any woman. Right here, even that fat one, and make her cry, big <laughs> man. Uh, don't <laughs> get me wrong. Don't you be upset because they tore old Space Mountain down? Don't be upset. But hey, because hey, because of hey, Rick, oldest ride, make- ride oldest ride, longest line. Woo! Woo! Well, Rick. Thanks. <laughs> To me, Space Mountain yep. see what you got, man. Let's see what you got. Oh, this yeah. gets so good. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see it out there? You don't know want <laughs> to come rig right now. Woo! Whoa. Woo! Whoa. Woo! Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is hysterical. Woo! <laughs> Woo 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 Nothing run Rolex word kid <laughs> stealing brother watch this, girls <laughs>
1: oh, my God. oh my gosh <sighs> I, The hip okay, the hip for okay. us so so what you go through the curtain, he comes through the curtain, you do the obligatory thank you. What did he say?
3: He he said let's see him follow that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he nice. starts clapping. He says let's see them follow that. And uh there was one time and uh Bobby Fish he, he always appreciated this cuz he was actually there. There was one time we had a street fight. He taught me how to tear the pants off him. There's a technique. To tearing pants off someone. He taught me how to tear the pants off him. When I came in the locker room, I had his blood all over me. He came through the curtain in just his underwear, one sock that was half on. And when he's walking, everybody's giving him a standing ovation at gorilla position. Everybody's standing. Susie as as comes through the curtain and he goes, Oh, Thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. There was someone sitting on the floor. I don't know why they're on the floor, but he goes, <laughs> Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. Then he hip thrust right in their face. Woo! <laughs> 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 Woo! They were sitting on the floor, one sock halfway on, in his underwear, bleeding. It was unreal. Unreal. Every time we'd wow. come to the curtain, though, he would say, Let's see him follow that. Wow. That is that is
2: an amazing. Story. Jerry!
0: Hey, Jerry, yes, <laughs> Jerry,
5: Jerry, Jerry.
3: <laughs> All right, What's... Jay,
5: how did you not laugh during that segment?
3: It because uh, because I was terrified. <laughs> First time cutting a live promo in front of a live crowd. It's with Ric Flair, and they said go. I was terrified. That was the first time. First time wow. I ever cut a live promo in front of a live crowd on live TV. Well, you killed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Almost had a heart attack, but thank you.
5: So after that was it easy to do the Macho Madness promos then?
3: Oh, everything was easier after that, except uh, being except being myself. <laughs> everything, everything was easy after that.
5: That's never easy. I still don't know who I am. Oh, okay. I think there's like six of me. Oh, no. And they say there's two. I think there's six.
3: Well, hey, Jerry, uh, you and I are in Florida. Great weather here. Mikey, Snow. Freeland, where are you?
2: I'm in Cincy, Queen City.
3: Look at that. The two people on the bottom of the screen
2: are in Florida. Life,
3: Yeah, two people on the top. How much snow did you guys get?
5: Okay. What part of Florida? Tampa. Oh, I'm About in Jacksonville. Two, two
3: hours from you,
5: yep. It's like 42 degrees here. It's freezing. Are you guys doing the taping oh. outside
3: too, man. Yeah, tomorrow night it's supposed to be colder. so I may, I may drive over and say hello to you. You, you should. Yeah. How much, how much snow did you guys get up there?
2: Here? Oh, no, no. There.
3: I'm talking to Mikey and Freeland. Oh.
2: Mikey, what's, what's the official total here? Is it three feet? Like th- that wasn't
3: exactly maybe like thirty. Okay, about thirty. <laughs> and did who did you did you have to shovel? No, <laughs> oh,
4: <that's 30
1: laughs>
4: <40. you> Mikey? <laughs> do you shovel? I shoveled.
3: I shoveled. You do
1: shovel. Whoa! Oh, I, the guy comes and plows, and I was telling Freeland they they dumped all the snow right in front of my house, so right at, right at my front door. Right in front of the stoop is about four feet. It's about a seven-foot mountain of snow. Ah, uh, so when they plow,
3: it gets pushed back. Only this the, time. Yeah. Only, I, think only. It was
1: diff- I think it was a different guy
3: this time. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. But
1: to get all the snow off the cars, my wife's car
3: my car, that took about two hours. Mm. Jeez. How long did it snow? Over a day, I heard, right? Oh, like 24 like, hours at was, least? I,
1: well, it might have been longer than that.
3: Oh, freak.
1: Because it started... Tuesday morning. No, was it Tuesday morning? No, wait a minute. Where the fuck am I? (laughs) It started Monday. It started Monday morning. Monday morning it started. And it it ended, I don't know, maybe sometime 11, 12 o'clock this afternoon. So it was long. Wow.
3: It's
1: Tuesday all day. I just don't know what Tuesday is. (laughs) <laughs> Monday.
3: <laughs> what day is it it's all day okay well don't feel hey, hey, jerry
5: no off the car this morning so
3: oh jerry uh have you seen this house that freeland is in before oh, no 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 oh, so God. so he's sitting Freeland, are you sitting at a desk no i'm sitting at my dining room table you're sitting at a table okay yeah. so, <laughs> can, can you slide over <laughs> so that jerry can see wait are you talking about outlet the- We
5: saw the outlet last week for the. Oh, you did?
3: Oh, okay. Okay. But you know what's
1: funny? But Jay pointed it out. He's like, and then he's like, you know, I did some research. That outlet should be 12 inches off the ground.
2: I looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's how my interview starts. One of my my biggest moments here in podcasting. And my (laughs) guest tells me, the hell's wrong with your house? (laughs) Yeah.
5: It's a little odd. Well, are you, do you have a crawl space under there or no?
2: Are you talking to me? Yeah. you. Do I have a crawl space? Yeah, our old I house did house I wouldn't be using it. Sitting in a crawl space. Our That's enough. That's yeah. enough, seriously. No.
5: <laughs> our old house had a crawl space, but the garage was right on ground level. So all the outlets in the garage were higher in case of flooding.
2: Ah. Uh, so I don't
5: I was wondering if your house was
2: if it was no. on, I, I don't I don't have a crawl space. Hey Jay, but uh but Jerry has a red room. Uh, I don't know if he ever told you about that. No, nope. 50 50 shades of Lynn. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes it is. That's where he broadcasts. Mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why Pam keeps
5: begging me to let her buy a cat of nine tails. I'm like, no, I'm allergic. So we were,
2: we were, we were, oh my gosh. we were talking <laughs> earlier, Jerry, about the X Division and okay. how hot that was. What, what was your memories about the X Division and how? Meaningful that was to TNA wrestling at the time, because I think I speak from a lot of fans perspectives that that, that probably was the most enjoyable time in wrestling at that. And then period was everything that you guys were doing. Well, I think, did you, did you guys realize how important that was at the time?
5: I think in the beginning, yeah, we, I think we knew that it was the X division that was getting the company a lot of buzz. What do you think, Jay? Uh,
3: I'm just, Replaying in my head all the times you took a Canadian destroyer.
5: Oh, yeah. Did you tell them?
3: I did not.
5: Jay and I had this contest that <laughs> no one else knew we had to see who could take Pete's Canadian destroyer better. But Jay always beat me.
2: So when after, I had never seen three, that,
5: whenever I was in a three or a four way and Petey was in the match, I'd always make sure I got to take the destroyer. So I needed all the practice I could get to beat Jay.
2: Had you guys ever seen that move prior to PD doing it? Or was that brand new to you guys? Because I remember seeing it for the first time. That looked uh kind of scary. I
3: saw it way before that. Amazing Red. I, I thought Red did it. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
5: Well, what hasn't Red done?
3: Right. He really uh Man, he changed the business.
2: Yep. Yep. So you go on you have a great career in TNA you move on from there you get the phone call from the Red Rooster and mm-hmm. you get an opportunity to talk to Kerry Silken who yeah. I think the boys know very well Yes What was it like meeting Kerry and working for him in Ring of Honor
3: Well I had already known Kerry cuz I've worked I had worked at Ring of Honor before I went to Impact Wrestling It's right. just that this time there was no Samoa Joe and a lot of new faces that I uh, had to get to meet and had to get to learn their names. Uh, But the toughest part to me was I really felt like coming off of Impact Wrestling where you really didn't have any match that was longer than six minutes. You had a six-minute match with a commercial break in between. It seemed to the people watching like it was like 12, 15 minutes, but it wasn't. It was only six minutes. So for like seven years straight, I didn't have a match longer than like six or seven minutes. Oh, wow. To me, I felt like, Knowing that Ring of Honor, normally their matches go at least 12 to 15 each match. I felt like I did have something to prove a little bit that I could still wrestle even though I was doing these characters on uh, on television. Um, so going back to Ring of Honor, all I can really focus on in the beginning was I wanted to prove like I can still freaking wrestle. But then the crowd was so responsive and receptive to me. I was like, ah, they don't. I didn't get the feeling from them that I had something to prove, so maybe I was just overthinking it. So then I was like, oh I'll throw that out the window then. <laughs> <laughs> then I felt right at home after that. Jay, Talk about DMs quick. What was that, Mikey?
1: I a J Jay, check your DMs quick.
2: Oh. Let me ask you this question. Um I know a lot of people say that there are differences in the locker rooms. How would you compare Ring of Honor's to what it was in Impact? Just as far as from a camaraderie standpoint, would you say that it was very similar, or would you say that it was strikingly different?
3: Uh, so here's the thing: I had mentioned to you before at Impact Wrestling, the X Division guys got dressed in a trailer. And like the main eventer guys, there was this building with this nice room and a couch, and they got dressed in there. Uh, Everybody got along great, but stuff like that does make it feel like there is like a little hierarchy. No one ever said we can't get dressed in that building, but you just knew that you, you didn't get dressed in that building unless you were one of the main eventer guys or whatever. When I got to Ring of Honor, there was none of that. Everybody's in the same locker room, so no one feels like oh, that room is just for this guy, or like, you know what I mean? There's no, it's just blatant in your face that these people are better and these people aren't in the locker room. So I kind of feel like, just knowing that, I, I feel like I like the Ring of Honor locker room better. Not saying that the DNA locker room was bad at all. Everybody got along. Um, but there
5: was There was hierarchy,
3: though. Correct, and,
5: correct. And at TNA, you could always tell the pattern. Whenever the, uh, the X Division would start gaining some momentum and getting some steam, they'd pull the rug out from underneath
3: it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a big fan of even, you know, my school, sometimes we have these student shows. Even then, like, I'm a big believer in if everybody's in the same locker room, not even what's happening in the ring, just putting in the locker room, if there's a special room for some people, doesn't that make the other people feel like, oh, they're held at a higher standard? Absolutely. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, so it kind of just yes. does this mind fuck. Well, I didn't mean to say that. It kind of does this mind <laughs> thing in your head. Did you just cuss? Anybody, it doesn't. Did your, you just use <laughs>
2: vulgarity? This, that, this, is that's a, it. this is a fucking family show. <laughs> this is. What do you think you're doing? This is a pile of shit, Jay. Oh, my
5: goodness. What would Iron Sheik <laughs> say about that, Mikey?
2: That's
1: right, Bubba. I tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> Me for Jay man. How oh, you come out there? You say the bad words.
0: I'm just a camel Break your back. Fuck your ass. Make your humbell. <laughs> <laughs> fucking <humbag. laughs>
3: Free Freelance, oh. so uh, it. <laughs> Uh, going, my going god back, going back to when i was in the, hell hell the first time fuck. <laughs> i can't <laughs> believe this do you remember when i said that samoa joe just out of nowhere started being nice to me and he's like oh pull up a chair or sit next to me get dressed over oh here goodness. like that's it like i always go back to that like he should have had his own locker room but everybody got dressed in the same room and like
5: to Man, what you said. That's the way it no, should be. No one should have their own locker room. The boys should be the boys. They're I the think I no think so. one should think they're better than anyone else.
2: It's a team effort. Yeah. Once again, I'm the mark in this conversation here. And you know. <laughs> I <laughs> eat a shipwreck. Um, here's the money. deal. I need another drink. Hey, hey, you know, yeah, you go get your other drink. I will. But what I'm. What I'm going to say is, though, I think with Jerry, the the comment he made makes a lot of sense because I did notice that as a viewer, just when things would start to get hot, things would start to all of a sudden cool down really quickly. But here's what I don't understand from a company's perspective. If you want the company to succeed, and there may be some inner politics going on, who does it matter who is getting over with the audience and if, if things are going well, but is there some type of at times, internal political ego—you know—conflict. Does that make sense, or am I overthinking that? Always. But doesn't that suck, though? Because at yeah. the end of the day, if 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 my football team is winning, you know, whether or not the running backs get in touches or the wide receivers get in catches, or the D's playing well, who cares? A win is a win. Well, th- th- but th- I th- guess th- not th- everyone th- looks at it that way.
5: No, not in wrestling. They don't look at it that way. <laughs> I've always said I dare one company to book for business. It'd be uncanny how successful they'd be mm-hmm. instead of booking for politics and egos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and why, why do you have an ego? No one should have an ego. Not even a, a big Hollywood movie star, a professional athlete. No one should. You should always be thankful for your health alone. You know, I know so many people who aren't with us anymore. <clears throat> you know, I've known so many. I had a friend of mine in high school. She died of leukemia in 12th grade. So we should all be thankful just alone for our health. And I don't mean to bring the, the, the mood down or anything, but I'm just saying,
2: I just don't understand the egos. Just book for business. Yeah, no, nope. it, it, it makes sense. It's, uh, it's just one of those things that I've always struggled with understanding. Yeah, you're back. Fantastic. What well, did you, what, what, what the hell did right, you Mike, do? You did you, you get a drink? <laughs> <laughs> get a drink. Oh, can okay, Jerry hear that. us? No, it's not. Oh my God. Oh God, he can't hear us again. Oh no, his audio's out. Yeah, this is his sure, iPhone. I got He's you, for-
3: Jay, but I don't have oh. your mic. Oh, well, he- who cares? So just yeah, well, we'll just talk now. yeah.
2: I'll go play <laughs> with my outlet.
3: the The stream did start off by Mikey saying to Freeland, "Well, no, if you're gonna leave, just leave." Yeah, he, to- he told me. Well, that's perfect, of course. That's,
5: that's
3: he gave normal. me my walking paper. He said, get the bricks, big boy.
5: Go put a bra on. Hey, I was I got, like, okay, I got, whatever. I'm I got Mark Freeland now.
3: Oh, okay. Freeland, you're back. He can hear you now. Mikey, oh, you good. can hear you? Oh, Mikey's not saying it. No, he's doing that on purpose. Yeah, he is. He's, <laughs> he's, not, he's moving his mouth, but nothing's coming out on purpose. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My God. I'm going to make you <laughs> a cardboard in a minute.
5: That's my gimmick, okay. I always blow a shtick. Wait, let me rephrase that. Yep. I was I'm just about lying. to say, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Hey, we'll
1: talk about this later.
4: That's
2: my, okay. my life. <laughs> uh, so, you're in Ring of Honor. Obviously, uh, the pandemic hits, everything oh. just kind of goes on hold. It, it stinks. We've known a lot of people who've gotten sick. Um, yeah. I've known some people who, uh, unfortunately, have uh, have not made it, but. The pandemic's going on. We talked to PCO and unbelievable guy, really, oh, yeah. really nice guy. And yeah. he was just trying to to tell us that he tries to stay as busy as he could during the pandemic. So what what did Jay Lethal do during the pandemic to kind of, A, keep your mind not from going stir crazy or cabin fever, well, to try to continue to motivate yourself until you finally got the phone call that things were going to pick back up again?
3: Well, I will tell you during the pandemic, I panicked. Um, I was one of the people who believed that this could very well be the end of wrestling for a sh- foreseeable future. I I really, in my heart, believed that. So I was terrified. Um, and we were assured, like, we would have these Zoom calls with Ring of Honor. Um, you know, WWE's doing these empty arena shows and the owner of Ring of Honor, he gets on the Zoom with us, and he's like, well, I mean, we can do that, but I don't really like these empty arena shows. I don't really, I'm not feeling it. And some of the guys in the room, they said, yeah, we're not feeling it either. Um, And he pretty much said, we're just, everybody relax, stay home. No one's checks are going to be late. Um, We we don't want to put you guys in hotels and in airports right now. So just stay home. So he said that for every Zoom call we had, like six Zoom calls. So after six months, you're thinking, he just wants us to, she's paying us to sit home. That's great for some people. (laughs) But to me, I was starting to panic. Like if we don't start earning this money, it could end soon. So um, I think the owner of Ring of Honor felt from some of us that we wanted to be doing something. So then they put this anonymous poll out there amongst all the wrestlers and you could fill out anonymously. Would you be okay with wrestling? Would you be okay with traveling? And every, I don't think any, I don't think there's a single person who said no. Everybody said, yeah, because I think everybody started thinking the same thing. Like it's cool to sit home and get paid, but if we don't start earning this money, this could lead to something bad. So um, that's what started us doing these tapings. So now we do tapings. In fact, uh, we got another one in March and a pay per view. I'm just so thankful to be back in the ring, even in front of nobody. Because, uh, like I told you guys before, if this is the basket, all of my eggs are in that wrestling basket. So the second something happens to this basket, I am screwed. <laughs>
2: Save your money. <clears throat> yes, I, I think that uh, I think you've established yourself well enough. I think your your basket is going to be full for for many many years to come. The basket
3: um, overfloweth.
2: Thank you. Yes. Yes. With the, yes, the basket of wealth. Um, we want to kind of touch about injuries. I want to get your opinion on this because I know Jerry and Mikey have, have often talked about, and obviously ECW is kind of that. That's the extreme end of it. No pun intended. Um, but is there anything, uh, is there anything that you had as far as injuries that were really bad Um, or is there anything that happened and you said, hey, this spot we're not going to do again just because I do not want to risk getting injured again? Is there anything that you say is
3: off the table, or are you saying, I'll do it, but i got to be with someone I trust? Uh, There isn't too much off the table for me. Uh, You know, knock on some wood here before I say what I'm about to say. Uh, So I have luckily only been – injured twice and only one of those injuries caused me to miss two shows wow wow the first injury (laughs) i feel so stupid because it always happens with something so silly uh the first injury was um i was doing the black machismo character and i was teaming with consequences creed at the time uh xavier xavier woods so we were a team and on the TNA house shows, we would, after our match, because Creed could do this cool dance. So after our match, music would hit. Creed would awesome. dance. He would get me to dance, and I would, do, I would dance like the Macho Man. Earl Hebner would go to leave the ring. We'd pull him back in, make him dance. And very few times, we'd bring a fan from the front row in, and we would all dance. So uh, part of Creed's dance routine is he'd do this cool move, then he'd do a spin, and then he'd do a split. So one time we got to talking, I don't know how it came up, but he, I, I'm like, I could do a split if I wanted to. And he goes, well, why come you don't do it? That way He didn't even discourage me. He goes, that would be awesome. How come you don't do it? So uh, I'm like, nah, nah, I don't need to. So then I was like, I'm going to surprise him. So uh, match finishes. He asks me to dance. I say no. He does his dance. I do my black machismo, macho man dancing. Earl Hebner goes to leave. We bring Earl Hebner back. We make him dance. Then at the end, we all dance. And I'd say, Creed, watch this. I'd do a spin. I'd do a split, and I tore my hamstring. And the next day, the the whole entire back of my leg was black and blue. And I'm already a black guy, so like you would (laughs) think, it it was dark, (laughs) like a deep purple like the whole <laughs> back of my leg. I couldn't walk and this was day 1. Of, oh. This was this was day this was day 1 cuz we had those discussions earlier. This was day 1 of our TNA house show loop. There were two more shows. I couldn't even I couldn't even walk. They had to take me off the shows because I tore something in my leg. Uh, and it was black. It was just like a deep pull. I pulled my hamstring and couldn't walk. But the whole back of my leg turned purple, and I felt like the biggest idiot. There was no reason for me to do that split. It's always
5: something stupid, Jay. I uh, I did a three-week tour in Japan, and the last day, beginning of the match of the last day on the tour, and we worked every day for three weeks straight, I jump up on the middle rope, do the yay, rah, rah, jump down. Fold my ankle. No, um, I had to fly Ooh. home a miserable twelve-hour flight with my ankle oh just huge. Oh man! And I couldn't even get a shoe on. <laughs> luckily, the flight attendant she says to me because she could see it. I couldn't put on a shoe or nothing, and she says I'm not supposed to do this. But she gave me a couple Tylenol threes. <laughs> She was a lifesaver. <laughs> I was miserable.
3: Oh wow, wow, yeah, it couldn't have been on the our Canadian destroyer contest that we had. No, because then could have been on the head. <laughs> <laughs> right, we couldn't have gotten hurt on that. A no, no contest no. of who could take a flipping power driver the best. Right. Now, my no, dad we, always we,
5: said if I bumped my head or something, he goes, "Well, no
3: harm done there." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my other injury, which, believe it or not, I didn't even miss a, a show just because the timing and how long we, uh, we had off. I broke my arm wrestling PCO. Uh, he did this splash onto me, and I thought that it was not going correctly, so I moved in a way with oh. that I shouldn't have. And all of his weight came down and broke oh. my arm. And uh, you know what? Th- that day, PCO and I really bonded. He was like the hes the coolest guy. I got in the locker room. I had to end the match early. He knew I was hurt. He hurried up and got dressed. They, they brought me back, and I- they sat me in a chair. A doctor came up to me and talking to me. I said, I think it's broken. He calls the ambulance. Ambulance is on his way. Before the doctor was done talking to me, PCO was changed, had my whole bag he brought my bag downstairs, sat it next to me. He was taking my gear off for me to put my regular clothes on. Wow. Came, came to the hospital with me, even though he should have gotten on the bus because it was four hours back to the hotel, and his flight was in the morning. And he uh, I'm pretty sure he missed his flight, but he came to the hospital with me. We were in the hospital for like six, seven, maybe eight hours straight. Um, and I remember sitting... One of the coolest parts, I remember sitting in a chair. They took me to get an x-ray. They brought me back. I was sitting in the waiting room next to PCO and the guy who had drove us. uh, Because after the ambulance left, we would need a ride. And one of the Ring of Honor office guys, I'm sitting there. And maybe an hour goes by. And in my head, I'm thinking, I can't believe I broke my arm, man. And PCO, he keeps like, he can't sit still. I'm like, oh, man, he must be so upset. That, uh, that he hurt me. I got to let him know it's okay. So then he gets up and he goes over to the lady at the desk and he's like, excuse me, my friend is here. He's hurt. He's in a lot of pain. Can you get someone to come? Please take care of him. And I don't know, because right there in that moment, it felt, that felt like something my dad would have done. He would have gone up and said, my son is in a lot of pain. We've been sitting here for like almost an hour can somebody come and in that exact moment i am like this guy is amazing he should have gotten on the bus and went back home um but yeah what a great guy but yeah that was the second injury i had and luckily we had a big gap of time off um at least eight weeks oh yeah yeah and i, w- I didn't miss the show i w- i was on the next pay-per-view it was still a little sore and of course the doctor said i don't suggest you going to do that match Right, but we do it anyway, right? <laughs> yep. But yeah, so only those two injuries, luckily. Well,
2: that's good. Um, things are picking up now. Post, uh, well, I, I guess we can kind of say post uh, pandemic situation here because we're we're turning the corner. Um, things are are getting back to somewhat normalcy with wrestling. Uh, can you give us any? Of what we could possibly see from uh, from Jay Lethal come uh, the little in the future in the near distant future with Ring of Honor.
3: Oh, uh, okay. So before I mention, I do want to mention one more thing about PCO. I forgot while sitting in the hospital. Um, one thing that he was also upset about too is he kept telling me, my whole entire career, I've never hurt anybody, and oh. I was, I was so proud of the fact that when I retire, I was going to be able to say. I have never hurt anybody, not even like a stiff punch or by mistake, a stiff forearm by mistake, nothing. I never landed on someone too hard. He goes, I almost was able to retire with by saying that, and now I can't. So then it turned to him feeling bad to now I feel bad for him because I just <laughs> I ruined his record. Uh, so then we were just both feeling bad for each other. Man, what a great guy. Man. Yeah. OJ. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah. <laughs> you selfish prick. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but uh, what can they expect from Jay Lethal? I've been asked that question about two or three times. One, I don't know. Ring of Honor doesn't tell me anything. That's first of all. But second of all, um, everything that I've gotten to do in wrestling. It was never like, oh, I want to do this at this time, or I want to set this goal to do that. It just all just happened. I didn't set a goal to win a contest to be trained for free. We went to this wrestling show at intermission. They said, hey, we're having this contest. So I just signed up. It wasn't like this big plan. Hey, I'm going to join this contest and win to be trained for free. And then I didn't set a goal to get trained by Mikey Whipwreck. My buddies said, Mikey's will have you. I went there. He made this stupid payment arrangement that really screwed him over. Uh, Then I got got trained by Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, I didn't set a goal to get to work for Ring of Honor or get to Impact Wrestling to work with my idol, Ric Flair. That was never a goal of mine. It was things that I wouldn't mind doing, sure, but I never said I'm going to wrestle with Ric Flair one day or become the champion of Ring of Honor, a company known around the world for its product, Heavily based on wrestling, uh, I didn't get to do any of these things by setting a goal. So I'm afraid that if I do start to set a goal or go, you know, I'd really like to blank, then it's never going to happen. So I can't answer that question because well, I'll j- jinx myself. Of a... I am. I really feel like
2: <laughs> my. You're career... dodging my question, Jay. The whole interview, everything's great. This my, last one,
3: my career. I am Charlie from the Chocolate Factory. Okay, I got that golden ticket. I won the chocolate factory. The Oompa Loompas work for me. I don't mistreat them. Uh, and I live happily ever after. Kaz
5: works for you? <laughs> <laughs> I did
3: not say that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I always wow. see that clip. Wow.
5: Wow. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Whereas <laughs> the so blue bumps the door. Yes.
3: <laughs> it does make me laugh every yeah. time. Uh, oh wow. Kind of a kind of
2: a weird question here as we're is we're coming to the end here. It's called the hot tub time machine question. Okay. Oh, it, yeah, if you could yeah, if you could go back in time and inject yourself into a match. I know we know the match that you had mentioned was really instrumental with you wanting to become a professional wrestler. But if you could go ahead and drop Jay Lethal in into any match at any point in time,
3: which one would you pick and why? Hmm. I think it would have to be I would and Steamboat is great, but I would probably try and replace Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh one, I'd kill two birds and one stone. I would get to wrestle the macho man. <clears throat> I would do of course all the steamboat spots. I wouldn't I would just want to be in that match, not to add my own flair or flavor to it. I just would want to replace Ricky Steamboat against Macho Man so that uh one of my matches could be held as one of the greatest matches of all time and I get to work with somebody that I idolized uh the Macho Man Randy Savage. So yeah, definitely that match. And I wouldn't even change a thing. I'd do the exact match because, of course, I have it memorized. Uh, I do that exact match as is. Just I would replace Ricky the Dragon Steamboat.
1: No awesome. finish to any match has angered me more than that one. Really? <laughs> George Steele fucked him. <laughs> <laughs> you? I was so I was so mad. <laughs> Even to this day, when I watch it, because I showed it to my wife a couple months ago,
2: years ago, or- huh? You're still upset? He's still upset about the Iron Mike Sharp action figure thing. Oh it, well, listen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Savage was my guy. So, you know, to, to have George the Animal steal that idiot, mm-hmm. screw him over, interfering in the match. That that pissed me off. Like I was seriously angry.
3: I have I befriended uh, we're great friends. Um, we talk on a regular basis, even though he moved recently, with Lanny Poffo. So I get so many stories. Oh. And there's so many. There's Oddly enough, every story involving the Macho Man and George the Animal Steel, I personally can't say because it's not my story. It would have to be Lanny that explained told the story. But uh, there are some very interesting stories oh, about bet. the Macho Man and George the Animal Steel.
5: I love the Macho Man. I sat next to him on the plane one time, and he was telling me stories about when his dad ran a territory. It was great. Oh,
3: yeah. Man, I wish I, I didn't get to meet him. He came to Impact Wrestling, uh, and that was like a month or two before I got there. The, the then, story I had heard about
2: that, Jerry, when he came to Impact Wrestling, you guys, was that he, um, and I don't know how accurate this is. You might have to run this past Jeff or, or whoever, but he was, he was very... Self conscious at that time, in that stage of his life, about going out there and being leaving that kind of impression on people from what well, they used to know him by. And, well, yeah, is, yeah. Coming up, and that's the way I was at the end of my career.
5: That's so why I went to wearing shirts because I quit working out on purpose so I wouldn't be tempted to keep wrestling another couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> that's I what can... I did. Started. And and that's me. what <laughs> I did. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go out embarrassing yourself, right? But I know. All right, le- you. I wanted to address the question: of What can we expect from Jay Lethal? I know one thing we
3: cannot expect. Uh oh. The splits. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how how stupid. Like, I felt stupid. That's the only way to describe it. I should not have. There was no reason for me to do the split. You wanted to have fun. So what? And see what that got me? I know. It's always the stupid stuff. Yep, You have to get hurt on. Mm-hmm. I, got felt so stu- I felt so stupid. So yeah. stupid.
1: Just, here's my Randy Savage story. So it was in WCW, and I was wrestling Scotty Riggs in Tacoma, Washington at Spring Stampede for no reason. And after the match is over, it was that big arena, and you, we walk upstairs, and it's like a giant hallway. And Randy was headed towards Gorilla, and I was headed back. And I'm seeing Randy come at me like this from down the hallway. I'm going, oh, my God. Now I'm like starting to freak out now. It's like, do I say hello? Like, do I? Very intimidated by the Macho Man, because like I said, he was my guy. Yeah. And walking down the aisle, and as he's walking by, he goes, Mikey, brother, brother. He goes, he points at my shirt. He goes, "Ah, you have, you have the sun, the moon, and the stairs, and the stars. You are indeed intergalactic. And give me the fist up, I kept walking. <laughs> and I'm like, don't be as fucking see this. This is the fucking greatest thing ever. I didn't even know he knew my name.
3: Oh, wow. Right. wasn't
2: there a, a macho man bar story oh, yeah. I, I could have swore you guys told a macho man bar I story did.
5: it was in wcw the whole company went out to this dueling piano bar in orlando i think it was called, a good it, or something i can't remember but i mean this was back in 96 i think i mean everyone was partying hard <laughs> and uh i think someone hit the the ghb a little too hard and so macho man sitting to my left and I'm not going to say who this other person is. They're sitting <laughs> on the Wait, I almost lost you here. Where's my stream yard? Oh, my God. I we, can, I... we can
3: still hear you and see okay.
5: you. Okay, so I'll tell you. So Macho Man's sitting next to me at the bar, and this other guy's sitting on the other side of me, and the other guy all of a sudden starts going into convulsions. He starts rocking back and forth. Oh, no. Bar. Oh, no. And Macho Man... He leans forward and he looks across <laughs> me at this guy who's in convulsions. <laughs> and he goes, Well, at least he's still got rhythm. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: wow. Oh. oh my God. But that's how it was.
0: Wow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. It was wow. crazy. crazy time. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Only the good. macho man. Yeah. Oh man, that's good.
5: But you know, it was it was crazy back then and it was a common occurrence to see someone in that state
3: of <laughs> yeah. you
5: know, whatever, partying.
3: <laughs> right. But right. It
5: was it was it was crazy. It was madness, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pun intended.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Jay, Jay, I'll wrap it up with, with this one here. Uh right. and, and hopefully this is, is many, many moons down the road here, but when all is said and done, what do you want the wrestling fans to to remember Jay Lethal by? Is there, um, is it your personality? You know, behind the scenes, is it the stuff that you did uh, either in TNA or Ring of Honor? What do you want people to remember about Jay Lethal and his career once you decide to, to step away?
3: Well, uh, this may change later on in life. I may think I want to leave some different kind of, uh mark on the world or legacy or whatever, but as of right now, as it stands now, I just want them to think, you know, that guy, even if uh, it wasn't like the greatest match in the world, he didn't really have any bad matches. I like to think that I'm a solid wrestler. Uh, I'm not saying that every match that I have just wows the pants of everybody, but I'd like to think that. They, they aren't bad matches. So if as long as they think, oh, that guy, he was just he was a good worker. Not the greatest, but he was a good worker. Uh then I'd be fine with that. That may change. Uh you know, I may have some deep love for animals that develops and then I want to leave this thing like uh oh yeah, you gotta make sure you spay and new to your pets. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> I don't uh, know. I
5: will, I will always say at least he, he <laughs> took off his suit and threw his dress shoes at somebody.
2: <laughs> wow. Well, Jay, we cannot thank you enough for uh, allocating a big portion of your evening for us. Guys, no if uh, if you have not, please go over to Twitch. Subscribe to Jay's channel. It is twitch.tv forward slash the lethal j you can also go ahead and follow him on twitter uh at the lethal j you can get his merchandise over at ring of honor you can go ahead and shop that he's got autographed uh eight by tens he's got t-shirts as well and i believe there is like a i don't want to say an action figure but it's a uh, it's a micro brawler which is actually pretty cool hey so, uh
3: um, real quick i uh so i got the chat open as well there was somebody asked a question in the chat i was going to mention it but then i didn't because we were getting into other stuff um i just wanted to pull it back someone had asked a question asked jay what he thinks of tony deppin um and uh i never got to meet him and i never seen his stuff until recently till ring of honor started using him that's always how it is especially with me when i work for a company then i just have tunnel vision i'm so focused on what's going on in that company i don't really watch too much of everything going outside of it um and you kind of got to be that way if you really want to excel and get as far as you can within that one company but yes that's um, why i don't watch Russell. to that <laughs> 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 uh, so unfortunately it's led to me not seeing a lot of people but now that we're working with tony Deppen, Deppen, i think he's a tremendous last taping is when the first time i actually got to have a conversation with, with him and he's a real cool person i think uh I think he's on some of our other shows, fingers crossed, and I'll get to work with him eventually. I haven't worked with him yet, but I hope that I do. But my impression of him is he's a great guy so far. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool.
2: Very cool. Indeed. Um, Like I mentioned before, you can go to Ring of Honor uh, Wrestling, and they have their shophonor.com. Go ahead and do yourself a favor. Pick up yourself some Jay Lethal merchandise. He also has stuff over at Pro Wrestling Tees. Go ahead and get that stuff over there as well. Uh, Like I mentioned, the Twitch channel, please subscribe to that. Uh, Jay, good friend of the show, and follow him on
3: Twitter as well. Jay,
2: anything else you would like to plug? Anything else you would like fans to know
3: about? Hmm. Well, since this is uh, the age of, we're still in the age of social media, so everybody and their mother has a MySpace and a Facebook and a Twitter uh, and Instagram. All of mine are so easy to find. It's all under one name. The Lethal J. And that's T H E L E T H A L J A Y. Even my website, TheLethalJ.com. And the reason that all of it is called The Lethal J um, is I did a show hosted by a company called USA Pro years ago in New York. Frank um, Goodman. Frank Goodman show, yeah. And uh, on the show was Chris Candido. I had never met him before. This is the first time I ever met him. What year? Was I, it? Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Uh, this had to be oh 0... three four, maybe 04, or 05. Okay. Somewhere around there. Could be a little later. Could be a little later. Was early. it at the Elks Lodge? In Queens? It was at the Elks Lodge in Queens, yes. soon as I got into the locker room, he was the first person that I saw. Um, and it had to be almost midnight. Um, because I had done one show for them before, and then someone told me, you know, you don't got to show up until midnight. These shows go on forever. You're you're probably match number sixteen. Night.
5: Yeah, they're oh, five the show and a half hour. Marathon. Yeah,
3: the shows didn't end until like two, three in the morning. No, no, yeah. yeah. So I showed up one time close to eleven. Chris Candida was the first one I saw. As soon as I came in the room, into the door, like I said, never met him before. He goes, Ah, it's the Lethal J. How are you, kid? <laughs> and I go, oh, my God. He knows who I am. That, this is amazing. So, like, every show that I saw him after that, he'd always go, Ah, it's the Lethal J." Um, so then I just, I loved the way it sounded. So I just, everything I had, I turned it into the Lethal J.
1: Cool.
3: In honor of uh, Chris Candido.
1: Awesome. Every time I'd see Candido, we wouldn't say hello. No? We'd look at each other and be like, I've seen him do that with so many people. Yeah, we we I remember the Molly Pitcher rest rest area in New Jersey on (laughs) the turnpike. I'm walking out of the bathroom. He's walking up, and I see him. I go, "Oh, here we go." (laughs) We're tied up. and starting with fucking arm ringers in the middle of the fucking
5: everywhere. (sighs) Wow! Told you this before, Jay. I didn't tell you. Whenever Candido and I went for our matches, we didn't say a word. We'd pantomime the whole thing. And it would start with that.
3: <laughs> oh, what a, what a great guy! What a great guy! Drop kick. <laughs> Jay, would
2: is there any chance we could twist your arm to come back and join us again?
3: Of course, of course, awesome. I would love to. I would love to be back. I'd love to join you guys anytime you want.
1: You want my spot?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, terrible. I figure if I if I keep coming. Oh onto the show, it'll be a way to pay off the debt that I still owe Mikey. Well, you want to fed me with cash? (laughs) Oh, my God. I want
5: to hear some Paul Stanley's positivity there.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Hey! Jay (laughs) Lethal owes Mikey
2: money. (laughs) Hey, people! (laughs) guys that is gonna do it for our jay lethal episode
3: we can't Listen,
1: thank you enough at, at, at least for... at least i i gave jay i said no jay don't worry about it
3: next time yeah. give it
1: to you next time yeah not like yeah. joel that fat bastard
3: hey where is it he yeah. was probably telling you i'd give it to you next time uh, yep <laughs> also i mikey i i you felt bad for me i at least i think you did uh because i had already kind of had training and like, you were like, oh, and then their school closed down. But I won that contest, so I, sh- I, just, I, I just think that you felt bad for me, which is why I think you stopped taking the money or you just kept saying, give it to me next time.
1: Wasn't was I felt like bad, bad for me. you. It's, it's you had really talent. talent. You were super respectful. And I knew you wanted it. And I saw a shit ton of potential. So I would rather give somebody who's going to put the effort in and who wanted this bad, even if you weren't really, even if you weren't any good, right? Right. But you loved it. You tried like you wouldn't, you know, I still yeah. hate the way you run the ropes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the swimming.
5: <Jeez>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's that?
5: Not as bad as how I run the
3: ropes. Oh, the, the grabbing of the, oh yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But no, Jay, it was just one of those things where you were a good kid. You wanted it. You know, you, you fucking love wrestling. So if I could do something for somebody um, coming up and, you know, help them, give them just a little bit of a shove um, in the right direction, uh, it was worth it. Because when I first broke in, I broke in ECW. I was never really officially trained. Sonny Blaze broke me in. And the only thing he taught me was say hello to everyone in the locker room and work the left.
5: And took your money.
1: No, he didn't charge me. He didn't charge me. Well, oh wow! <laughs> he, because because I was so small, he said. There's no and being in the Northeast, he said. There's no way you. Can, there's no way.
0: Oh.
1: And, and five foot five foot eight, five foot nine, one hundred and sixty seven pounds. He goes. There's just. There's. I'm not going to train you because you're not going to wow. make any money. Oh wow! I said okay. Oh. Which I'm like, and and believe me, I thought the same thing. Like I would love to have done it, but when you see everybody on TV and they're like this fucking tall.
4: Yeah,
5: And even
1: the guys like Shane Douglas, who was a small guy, yeah. you realize he's six foot. It's like, yeah, okay, well.
5: What, 260, 250? Who, Shane? When he's, he's a big boy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it was one of those, well, what am I going to do? So I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I knew to work the left. A lot of my shit was terrible. And I ran the ropes like shit. It was, it was, seriously if you watch I, there's, a, there's a video of me loser that Paulie made when I won the TV belt and there's, there's one where Curtis Hughes is shoots me off the ropes
5: oh,
1: no. right and <laughs> instead of shooting me off and just turning to my right to my left and with my right arm under the, over the rope oh. I would run I would turn to my left and over rotate to get my right arm on the rope it was fucking terrible so I I was awful and so I got to learn wrestling on the job from ECW
3: Wow! I learned from
1: Terry Terry Funk and Nancy and Kevin Sullivan and Hawk and Jimmy Snuka and Paulie and fuck I mean everybody that came in you know Sabu and it was just I got to work with all these guys and I learned on the job I got to ride with Mick Foley and team with him you know,
3: and you remember, and- I remember that time you told told the class how Mick fully saved your life. How do you do that? Uh, I think there were several times, but one of the times was when Sandman was caning the shit out of you.
1: Oh, yeah, he did a oh. shit run. In- <laughs> I think it was where it was in some high school, I think, and Sandman was caning the fuck out of me and it was just like I don't know what the fuck happened like I don't know if he uh, was mad at me I didn't know (laughs) did I fuck something up like but he was fucking literally and at one point Nancy is yelling at him to stop like hack you're literally hurting him stop 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 and she yells at him she tells Mikey get out so I rolled to the floor Right. So now I'm still behaving myself. I'm just gonna sell here and not you know stop. I should have said fuck this, I'm out.
3: Right, right.
1: And but I lay there still selling it. Well he comes out, you jump (laughs) on the (laughs) top. Well fucking next thing I know, cactus comes and he's fucking blasting the shit out of him. He's like, Mikey, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) But it was yeah. Oh, it wow. was uh it was crazy but like i said like i learned from all them on the job and cactus would always take care of me i didn't have any money
3: you know so he would always buy food or and he's cheap as fuck so for him to he is cheap i went to india with that guy and this is after he got thrown off the cage made millions of dollars i went to india with him when he came to impact wrestling and uh The prices, I remember we were sitting down eating, and he kept going, oh, man, I'm so thirsty. And I'm like, (laughs) I look at him, I'm like, I have a soda. He's got way more money than me. I said, why don't you just order a soda? We can't drink the water. We're not supposed to drink the water, but Uh just get a soda with no ice. And he goes, well, have you seen the prices for these sodas? This is unreal. I, I, I'll just eat. I'll just eat without the beverage. Oh, and I, I'm thinking to myself: First of all, I can't believe he's not. He has millions of dollars. I can't believe he's willing. He, and then I also think to myself: Well, this is my moment here. I'm going to be his savior. I'm going to buy. Him a, <laughs> I call the lady over. I say, hey, "Can I have another uh, Coke, please?" Or was it Pepsi? Or a... well, anyway, she goes to get it, and I'm thinking to myself: This is the moment where me and Mick Foley become best friends. Oh no, this is like, this is perfect. So I get him the soda. He just says, thank you. And we don't even talk for the rest of that meal. He just kind of eats his food. I'm like, I can't believe he was too cheap. He to mooched play. you? He mooched me. Uh, he mooch. I mean, he was a great guy. He wasn't being mean to me at all, but like we were, I was like, this is going to be it. We're going to be best friends. He's going to talk to me all the time. And like, No, it was just, rank. it was the same. same. Nothing changed, except (laughs) for he had a soda that he didn't have to pay for.
5: He was doing
3: a stanza,
5: auditioning for that. (laughs) (laughs) These pretzels are making me thirsty.
0: Oh, man.
3: I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. But, yeah, uh, yeah, Yeah. I'll never forget that. What a great guy Mick is, though. Yeah,
1: but he always told me, he said, Mikey, he goes, when you're in the position later on to take care of somebody else, you know, that's how you can pay me back. Hmm. So in, in your case um, with red, I did it. When I did it with the SATs too, a little bit, uh, you know, I've done it with everybody. Like I go to indie shows and, you know, there's always that one kid that is, you know, drinking water with lemon and sugar packets. And it, almost like every show I go to, there'd be that, that one person where I would buy their food or something like that because all these guys always did for me and they didn't have to. So I was very lucky and fortunate that the guys I was around were more than willing to, to spread the wealth and help me out and, and lead me in the right direction. Hmm. Um, where I know a lot of people didn't have that experience. Right. You know, So I always try to do, even to this day, I'll try to, you know, if someone's there. I'll try to take care of them, but they don't, if they don't have.
2: Cool. There's a lot of good people in this business, I tell you what, and it's, it's conversations like this that, that really make you realize that. And uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed this. And, uh, Jay, I, it's weird. It's like talking to you feels like we went to high school together. You're <laughs> such an easy person to talk to. You really Thank you. are. Thank you very Genuinely, much. Genuinely a very, very We're nice high guy.
1: School is You're in the lunchroom, and every time at lunch, everyone's like, hey, you going to eat that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Because I'm a Foley as well. I'm a Mooch as well. <laughs> but I won't hit you up for a T-shirt. Um, like I said before, please follow him on social merchandise. Social. Mer- wow. What the fuck? Let's try, let's, to to let's, let's try that again. Yeah, Monster Factory. Um, um, <laughs> please, follow, please follow him on social media. Purchase his merchandise and uh, continue to support Jay Lethal. We love Jay, and we know you do as well. Uh, Jay, thank you so much for your time, man. I know it's running a little late, but... Once again, thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Thanks, everybody, Good to see you uh, for joining and listening. Thank you, guys in the room. Mikey, thank you. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> and Freeland, thank you for having me, guys. You got it. It's our pleasure. We'll catch up with you soon. All right. Bye, take Jay. You. Take care.
2: See ya. See, ya. see ya. All right, guys. That is Jay Lee.
1: Now nah, fuck it. We're we're staying. We're staying? Well we were gonna wrap it up. And we figured we figured we're gonna we're gonna
5: Well you know what we forgot? What? We probably forgot to do an open.
2: Oh Jerry, we haven't done an open in almost two years now. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> and now and now it starts to become a concern. That's all I got. That's all you got. I'm the perennial
5: jobber. Jobbed <laughs> out again.
2: Yep. It was, uh, I will say this to you both. Uh, that was pretty cool. Oh, that J. was, that was pretty cool. It was, it was cool to see somebody who has enjoyed a great deal of success, but is very down to earth and extremely easy to talk to it. Oh, yeah. You know, if you weren't a Jay lethal fan before this, this episode, I sure hope that you are now because it's so fun to root for somebody who just seems like they're they're your neighbor, you know what I mean? Just a really good dude. So
1: yeah, honestly, has not changed a bit. His no,
2: not not at all. Too. his parents are great. Yes, that they are.
1: So good times. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So here we are, Jerry. Jer- so Jerry, you 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 were late, which is cool. Right. We totally understand.
5: I was at the How- bill. I was doing some coaching. Very so, nice. It was freezing. It was like 42 degrees. Couldn't feel my toes. But anyway, did, boog, did you, boog, I'm doing great. And I forgot to say hey to Liam.
2: So I got it. The- Sorry. Um, No, I, I was just about to say, uh, was there anything you would like to share with everyone? Jerry, Mikey, how about you guys? Anybody want to? jump in and share anything before we say it, before we take it to the close we gonna raid somebody we can raid whoever you want uh what's the what's the boss behind the curtain say are we gonna raid weapon weapon x is that what we're gonna do let's see if we find somebody else we did okay my- okay we can find somebody what let's is it read your screen read my screen glad to hear jerry <laughs> What about, oh, uh, how embarrassing did you say how many parents I remember? You, oh, my gosh. erka jerk. Jeez. Embarrassing. Um,
5: I've come to terms with my age.
2: No, so. you're just, you're, you're not heel Jerry Lynn this week, and we're not used to it. You're just, uh, you're Whoa. Lifetime Jerry. Lifetime Channel Jerry. Oh, gross. Don't say mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to turn heel real fast. Right, how about this? I'm crushing your head. I don't know that. <laughs> um, Before we raid somebody, guys, please go ahead to Pro Wrestling Tees. Get your Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whitbrick merchandise. You can also go over to Mikey's Etsy store. Uh, we're not really quite sure what the status on the action figures are, but there's plenty of other merchandise you can get there as well. You can follow Jerry Lynn on Twitter. It is at No. It's Jerry Lynn. Why am I? Why am I towards the end of this having such a hard time? You, you can follow. <laughs> you can follow Jerry Lynn at it's Jerry Lynn. You can follow Mikey Whipwreck at Mikey Whipwreck underscore once again. Please follow Jay Lethal. Awesome dude. You can follow him. He is at the Lethal J. Super super good dude at the Lethal uh, J. Uh, and his Twitch channel. His Twitch channel. When, when I'm not looking at you guys on the screen and I just hear these weird moans, I'm telling myself, oh my god. <laughs> Too many chair shots. Subscribe to his Twitch channel. It is twitch.tv uh, forward slash the lethal J. Yeah, that's uh. those are all of my. You know what I ha- we haven't done in a while? We haven't done any shout outs. And I know Mikey loves the shout outs. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah really <laughs> outs. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. Yeah, <laughs> I can do some shout outs. All right. Is this cool. Like I mean, our just-
5: record longest podcast it it quite possibly is i think it is
2: uh let me do some shout Great. outs let me get some stuff here who people Wait, have been getting a hold of me
5: easy with the wine this is the uh i had to get this it was really good someone turned me on to it last week it's 19 crimes cali red with snoop dog on the label
3: wow nice. plug
2: in the snoop dog merch nice 19 crimes it's really good nice anyway uh Shout out to PCO, guys, awesome guy. Uh, Check out his web series, which is on YouTube. It drops each and every Monday night on YouTube. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss an episode of that. Uh, Greg Brown, you are the big winner this week, my friend. You're going to get yourself some Jerry Lynn, Mikey Whitbrook picture uh, signed because, Greg, you're our buddy. Uh, Boog, uh, hit me up with a message. Boog, uh, good to hear from you. This is a podcast that I highly recommend listening to. It's called Room Thirteen, and Mojo Riverfish is the one who uh, hosts that show. So definitely check out Room Thirteen. Uh, shout out to Logan Slater, like I said before, the big, uh, the big guy, Big Daddy Beardo. Go ahead and follow him as well. I do have another update, really quickly, on our good friend, uh, the little guy who um, was battling uh, not only COVID and, and some other issues, but. Uh, he is he's doing uh, he's doing better, um, and he went home. So we are thinking about him and continuing to keep him in our thoughts and prayers. And uh, yeah, and, and, and anybody else who you know who's dealing with some stuff, um, keep everybody in your thoughts and prayers. Because you know what, saying a little extra something at night definitely goes a long ways to help people out. So let's let's raid Fight Guys to Wrestling. Who?
1: Fight Geist Wrestling.
2: Is it on? Who?
5: Fight Geist Wrestling. Are Fight they in- Geist Wrestling. Okay. that German? Yeah. Are they in Germany? Yeah, it might be. Fight right, Geist? I'm not really sure. Hmm. Sounds like a song from Rammstein.
0: Fight Geist. <laughs>
1: I'm blasin my schwanz.
0: <laughs> wow. my swans fight.
2: Yeah, how much of that bottle of wine have you? When did you open that bottle of wine, Jer? Did you just open it when you when you just got back to your room? Got on, yes. So, how much you got left? Half, about half. Yeah. Right. Have you had a little bit of the bubbly yet? No,
5: I haven't. I want to try it. I heard it was good. From it's awful. Is it? <laughs> Stop it! It's awful. I'm not You're- kidding. I don't like champagne. I'm not
1: kidding. It's awful. All right, All
5: right. I tried. Oh it. my god! And
1: Mikey, I, I tried it
2: on New Year's Eve. Okay. Yeah. Well, I will tell you something that is good, you guys. It's uh, Death Wish Coffee. Follow them on social media. And let them know that we talked about it on Front Row Material. Death Wish Coffee. I know. I. It, it's it's intense. It will. Right. It, it'll mess. Right. Mikey's worried about my old ticker. He's he's okay. worried that I'm having too much of this. Now, here's what I will show you. Look at the back of this, if we can get a good shot of this. This is, I don't know if it's they have label. to say this. Oh, look, warning. warning label. Highly caffeinated. Wonderful.
5: Because the first time I ordered a uh, nitro cold brew from Starbucks, I said, I'd like to add an extra shot. And then she said, well, we can't add an extra shot to our cold brew. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> I was like, what does that cause like cardiac arrest if you do? Apparently it might.
2: I think the Americana at I'm Starbucks kidding. is super good, but that has I want to say five shots of espresso in it.
5: Are you serious? It can't.
2: Yeah, five shots of espresso in it. Once again, that's what the woman told me. So what? The large? No. What's the one? There's bigger than large. Is it? Uh, is it? Is it Grandy Is the big one? Grande
5: is the medium, and Venti oh. is large
2: venti is large well she said it had five shots in it of espresso so yeah um yeah wonderful Mm. love the coffee mikey anything else you want to say any parting words thank you for bringing uh your student on this week we do appreciate you reaching out to jay lethal and bringing him on the program every now and then i like to you know do something nice you do. You do something very nice for everybody. So remember, guys, subscribe to our Twitch channel, okay? Subscribe to the Twitch channel. If you have Amazon Prime, you can give sub monthly subscriptions to people. Please do that. That would be a great gift to give somebody. Uh, tell us. Tell other people about our Twitch channel as well. Go ahead and you can tweet about it. And, um, yeah, let's get those numbers up because we appreciate your support. So, All right. All right, let's go raid somebody. And remember, Jerry, raid means you don't have to do anything. Okay. That's right. You could <laughs> just stay thing. where you're at. <laughs> yes.
5: fun raid, don't we want to rape and pillage
2: the countryside on a raid? Like Vikings? Not at 1147 at night. I think we're, we've done all the pillaging we're going to do for one evening. Right. Okay. I think we're good. You you drink your Snoop Dogg wine and All right. I think we'll be good. So we're going to go raid somebody. So who are we going to Sponge raid?
5: gin and juice laid back. Do that, and uh, what's his name? In the convertible, Will Ferrell in the convertible. <laughs> what's his, the singer's name?
1: Oh yeah, because laid back. <laughs> my mind and my money, and my money and my mind, <laughs>
0: on gin and juice, <laughs> Goulet. <laughs>
1: oh.
2: All
5: right, we're
2: gonna raid Fight Guys Wrestling. All right, let's do it. Let's raid them, guys. Have a great night. Join us next week. And until soon. then, for Mike and Weebrick, we'll right. Jerry Lynn, I am Mike Free. The
5: Mudlands, there can
1: only be one. Hold on, I gotta make shorter. Sure.
2: <laughs> we do this big buildup ready to go off the air, and all of a sudden. Oh, hold on a second. There. Let me check my phone. Oh. It's like yeah, it's kind of anticlimactic, kind of, like right there. Bullet.
1: Yeah, we're going gonna, to uh, the gonna <laughs>
2: What was the name of that Aussie song again really quick, Mikey? What was it? Ordinary Man. It's it's so good. It yeah, is like so good. Title. Ordinary Man.
5: Ordinary
1: uh, <laughs> Man. I'm an Ordinary Man. Alright. We'll see everybody next week. Have a, have a, have a, have a, Bye. And I'm saying hammer, hammer, hammer. And I don't think you understand what I'm talking about how and how you And you can have an hour.